welcome to episode 344 of Outlandish Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. With me, I have my two co-hosts, Justin. Ooh, baby, I like it, bro. It's raw. 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 You're saying raw. I'm saying raw. No, you gotta say raw. I am saying raw. No, you said raw. Raw. Eric. Welcome to Monday Night Raw. <laughs> Did I pronounce it right? It's raw. 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 Am I still saying it wrong? Raw. Do I, saying, emphasize, I, do I have to emphasize the W? Raw. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Raw. Raw. This is great audio. <laughs> We're trying to distinguish between Raw, the I'm sun gonna, god. I'm now going to I'm going to loop that for like 5 and, minutes. And Raw. It's raw. Like the, raw like, meat. Yeah. And it's raw. and or raw dog. In my vernacular, <laughs> there is absolutely no difference. But raw. but Matt seems to so be So say very, both of them. Yeah, yeah. Matt. Raw. And raw. You, there's no <laughs> way. <laughs> and raw. Raw. Raul. <laughs> I'd like it raw. Oh, baby. And raw. Oh, okay. So you have to say it. You have to. Raw and raw. <laughs> I'm hearing the same those, thing. Yeah, those are the same word. No, no, no. Raw and raw. <laughs> I think it's kind of what. So I could kind of hear raw and raw. Yeah. But at that point, you're going, rah. So I think that they are... And I'm, not even, I'm not even sure which one is which at that point. Like, which <laughs> one's the sun god? Rah. Rah. <laughs> imagine so, if you so were... So imagine if you, like, you're going full ah with rah. Ah. And for R-A-W, you're, it's, you're closer like to, like, an O. Oh. Yeah. So, like, raw. Raw. Like from like I'm from Boston. Raw, 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 raw. I'd like some raw meat. <laughs> There's a board game called Ra R A that we were playing earlier, and we were doing raw puns. I don't think they even know who I am yet. <laughs> oh, this is Eric. <laughs> yeah. If 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 you've listened for the last uh, four years, this is the fourth year. Yeah, yeah. You'll know that we go to Gen Con. We do a recording at Gen Con. Eric is on a recording. It's my annual appearance on Outland. Yeah. Yeah. Excited to be. Yeah, I'm so really tired of these headsets, man. <laughs> okay, we get it. But, you know, I, you know. I feel it's not like mine that's clicking. It may be Eric's. Should I like stay stay stiller? Hold on. I appreciate. It. This is why I think I said on a recent podcast that Matt needs to be an audio engineer because there is no man that has a more. Oh, I'd be, but I'd be irritated by the equipment they give me. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, I guarantee, there's somebody out there that wants just the cleanest sound, and they would yeah. want you to be that particular. Uh, it would be, but. I would have to. They did buy like multiple thousand dollars of gear, and you're like, this, "This is garbage." Yeah, I'm still hearing <laughs> this like little. They wouldn't even hear it. Yeah, <laughs> you'd reach no, a level to just... where you 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 just always be irritated, but you'd be the only person in the world to have the the fidelity. Yeah, I would <laughs> in literally your ear. hear that MCI sprint pin drop. Oh yeah, the pin who, drop. Yeah, who was the? I think it was MCI. Okay, yeah, maybe it was. I think it, I don't know. I can't remember. But it was a pin drop. I know yeah. what you're talking about. Anyways, so we're at Gen Con. It was Sunday. Uh, we're recording this August seventh, uh, Sunday, August seventh, um, and uh, so we've we've done our four days. 
the best four days of gaming or mm-hmm. whatever. That's what they, they say. Yep. Um, so uh, we come in Thursday. Or we'll come in Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Got our yachts. You got our yachts. Got right, our off yachts. right off the bat. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. We didn't make the same mistake we did make last year, where we were like, maybe we should have something else because we're going to eat yachts the whole time. No. No. We went and got yachts. We, yes. we, we, straight to it. We went and got yachts. But we did not get our... Peanut butter pie. Our... Tents. The sandwiches, the Cuban stuff. We didn't go to that place this year. Tortoise. Well, we went the first year and last year... No, I think we went the second year and last year. I believe that's correct. I would like to go back to uh, Tortoise. Yeah, yeah, you said that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we uh, did do that. Yeah. I, been, I actually, I don't know if this is blasphemy. Maybe it's because there was no peanut butter pie. But I, I would have been okay trading in one of those yachts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, yeah. For like, like, yachts delivers every time you go. Right. Uh, it was del- it was still utterly delicious. But, yeah, those... Those tortoises were hella good, mm-hmm. and they were named after you know all my favorite celebrities. That's right, and S- Sophia La- Latina, Latina, and non-Latina. Yeah, yeah. I always felt Latin. I, I always felt like you had to get the Latin names because, like, otherwise you're just getting an unauthentic sandwich. Yeah, like you feel like you're. It's like when you order the dish at the Chinese restaurant, or like when you get the sushi that's like California roll. Yeah, like, they yeah. made that for us. Yeah. That's not a that's not a true tortoise. So that said, as, so California saying, roll's really good. So I'm not <laughs> if it isn't sashimi, then it's probably just like you some shit they made for like, us. Yeah, like, <laughs> I would a tuna roll is still like raw fish. And true, stuff. true, true. But most of the other stuff, but see, most of the other stuff's really fucking good. I like the crunch, whatever crunch is. It's <laughs> fried crunchy bits. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, about to make a really bad remark. Mm-hmm. And be like, I can't. Self, no, I don't believe you were about to, and I now you're going to do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, it was going to be real attention. It was. To it. it was going to be uh, called the Hiroshima roll, uh-huh. and it was filled with nothing. Uh-huh. Nuclear death. Nothing but like regret and <laughs> all the sorrow, stuff, whatever rolled up into whatever victory. You know? Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. And so so it. we rolled in Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, we got our yachts. Yeah, we got our yachts. Got our uh, picked up our tickets. Yeah, um, made it down about forty five minutes, I think, right or 35, yeah. 35, 40, like just, just like over thirty minutes. We didn't have to pay for more than an hour of parking, mm-hmm. so we we parked, we got in, we got out under an hour. Dropped into downtown, which was just fucking riddled with pokey stops that were lured up. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. interesting. This, this whole week has been pokey stop heaven. Yeah. For you guys, yeah, yeah. This uh, guy over here, pointed yep. at Eric. I'm just, I, I, you know, it, the the looks <laughs> I get, it's amazing. It like if I if I had been around in like fifth grade playing Pokemon, people are like, look at this, look at this idiot playing Pokemon. I'm gonna push him over on the playground. <laughs> and now I'm not playing pro- Pokemon Go. And people are yeah. like, what? You're and, not playing yeah, Pokemon? I'm the social pariah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because you're the ideal person, I would think. If somebody was oh, like, yeah. who's playing Pokemon Go? I go, I know one guy's playing Pokemon right. Go. You said that on the podcast. <laughs> you were like, oh, I'm sure Eric's going crazy yeah. with Pokemon Go. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it's so I shallow. You, if it's, it was collecting Disney nothing. characters, he would have been playing it. 
If Hannah Montana, like, oh, there's oh, a Hannah Montana oh, stop. Well, well, you know, if you're collecting uh, att- attractive women, sure. You know. <laughs> but don't do you play that um, that wrestling card game? <laughs> no. Okay. I do not play WWE Supercard okay. or the new Topps WWE Trading Card app, which is just buying JPEGs. <laughs> so the thing I, that game always makes me think of uh, Jeff Gersman talking oh, about sure. playing. Oh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Jeff yeah. Gersman cracks me up because he'll go from. Like, everybody on the podcast will be talking about this new game that's, like, really fun and great, and everybody's enjoying it, and Jeff's like, yeah, I don't like anything about it, really. <laughs> and then he'll talk about this clicker that he spent, like, three dude, hours dude. playing. Yeah, Jeff Gersman... Uh, he th- likes what he likes. Through the podcast, introduced me to this... this uh, it was, a like, a Game of the Year podcast or something. Introduced me to this stupid game called Trimps, which is, like, you just... That sounds stupid. You just have an art, like... You you have these imps, and you get them to like gather resources so you can build buildings to hold more trimps so you can gather more resources. Uh, there's like a whole battle system. Like ninety percent of the game is you not involving yourself in this browser window that's oh, just right. running. Yeah, <laughs> I've been playing that for about seven months. Oh my straight. god! <laughs> it's yeah. So I guess that's my Pokemon Go. <laughs> but fair uh, enough. But yeah, we were know, able to get again. A game they should really bring back is Lemmings. I'm a little surprised they haven't made a new would Lemmings. Be a good, I like it. I mean, it's I like Lemmings. Yeah, that was that was a child. Worms game. comes back, you know. People worms loved Worms, but yeah. the, when I think about like games that they haven't remade and that, that they should remake is Lemmings. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I can still go back to Lemmings and get all the challenge and all the sort of MIDI music charm. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like... I agree with you. It's surprising that there hasn't been a remake of Lemmings, but Lemmings is still really a pro. Well, some of the controls are a little archaic now. It's sort of DOS type stuff, but um, but you figure they would do an HD version or sure, sure, something, yeah. just a remastered. Wonder Lemmings. who? I wonder who even owns the rights to Lemmings. Yeah, maybe that's part of the question. I want to say when I played it, it was like Broderbund, like that edutainment software company. Oh. I don't know if you're. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. But yeah, we were, um, so there's a billion drowsies, which we don't have in Little Rock. Oh, yeah. yeah, apparently it's just drowsy city. Uh, there's lots of jinx, which we don't have. Is that, is that some bog? Does Indianapolis make people drowsy? No. Apparently drowsy is a, just a northern climate yeah. thing in North America. To our Eevees. Yeah, I think I caught, caught, seen like two Eevees here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that would be a good comparison because i only ever saw two drowsies in little um, rock did we do anything else uh wednesday night no, we got yachts really. we kind of just settled in yeah it's weird i thought we did something got our badges i thought we were talking about going somewhere after we get our badges let's see we or did we go to yachts first and then we, got we were talking about going, going and getting our badges first. then going to yachts or Going to Yats, then getting our badges. We did that, and I don't know what we did after that. All right. So Thursday. <laughs> so Gen Con starts. Yeah. Um, what do we? What do we? What do we end up doing the first day? Because we we don't we get really get there about when it opens. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't catch the rolling of the six foot tall dice. Yeah. And right. Oh yeah. The speech. And the speech and the don't run chanting and. Yep. Um, Cosplay is not consent. Yeah. There are safe places. So we get in. But you I go straight to the Cryptozoic booth, buy okay. a poster. Okay. You go to you go okay. to get your coupon book. Right. That's right. That's right. right. That's right. Um, 
mundane details. <laughs> yeah. Exciting. Um, what did we play Thursday? Thursday, we played... Uh, definitely played something together. I got my calendar. Hold on one sec. <laughs> Hold on. Hold Is on. That darkness comes rattling. No, no, that was Friday. That was Friday. Thursday, we played Scoville. Played Scoville. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that game. Yeah. That <laughs> was a... Which, does that remark upon its quality? Uh, it was a... I don't think so. Well, I'll say this. I won that game. Yeah. But I'm not saying I was trying to lose. I'm not saying I was just like, derp, derp, derp. I don't know what I'm doing. But I think that I was kind of handed victory to an extent mm-hmm. by so Scoville Scoville is a game is a pepper growing selling and making chili game yeah. you have hot a f- hot peppers hot like, peppers yeah, yeah yeah you have a field chili peppers I mean well like yeah yeah I guess I guess yeah like not peppercorns <laughs> right right I, I don't know. yeah so you have a field and you and everybody has a farmer on the, well you everybody has a like like a farmer, a dude, yeah, yeah, a farmer on the field, and then you uh, you acquire peppers via via well, without getting too detailed, you acquire peppers via a um, via a placement system based on like order of who gets to do what, which kind of snakes back and forth. So like you might get first grab at some at at some good peppers that are laid out in this auction board that refills. Yeah, so you're uh, buying your seeds. Right, you're if planting. you're like at the front of that queue, right. but then for your harvesting, you would be at the back of the queue. Right. Yeah, and the way the harvesting works is like you actually you're actually like planting peppers in these squares in the field, and then your little harvester dude has to walk between the rows yeah. and can only walk so, you, so far. So you plant them in a certain order, then you harvest them in the reverse order. Yep. So then you move your guy around in the field, basically picking up peppers that he moves to. And the peppers, the two peppers you move between determines what you get. Like if you get like if you move between two of the same color, you just get two of the same two, two of that. But you can combine those colors to get special peppers, and you're you're kind of wanting to try and get like fancier peppers and hotter peppers because those are worth more points. Eventually, working your way to the ghost pepper, the right. hot, the hottest and tallest of all peppers, which is oh, like the there's a lot of stuff pepper. that it was a phantom pepper. Oh, sorry, has to combine yeah. and happen to get up to that, and then there are recipes that you can sort of like. Okay, I've got the peppers I need to acquire this recipe, which is worth so many victory points. And for me, it just I kind of lucked out at the end in a way. To where I ended up with like three ghost peppers, which mm. is kind of, felt like a lot, uh, and I was able yeah. to grab the most expensive recipe. Uh, so I, 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 the theme of this show and what I've really come to find is I'm playing all these games for the first time, and then being like, I don't know my, about that game. I'd need to play it a couple more times, but you know, <laughs> have not had the opportunity so yeah. to. So yeah. I would say I'd like to play it a few more times before I have an opinion about it. But I like unique. Um, game mechanics, and I felt like this game has that. Yeah, I I really found Scoville to be um, a refreshing game in that it had a lot of mechanics I had never sort of seen before. Mm. Uh, Obviously, like, um, bidding on turn order, that's nothing new in the world of board games. But then having to think about how I'm planting peppers mm-hmm. and how I'm going to route my path between peppers to breed the ones I want. How that helps other people. How how I could possibly help or harm other people. 
and and what recipes at the chili cook-off I'm ultimately working toward. Right. Um, I found it to be really rewarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I certainly agree with you, uh, you know, playing it for the first time. It, it's hard to get a complete sense of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a game... I, I'm, I'm fairly certain I'm the one that put it on our Gen Con schedule. Uh, oh, okay. Because... Uh, it, it's a game I had been interested in previously, never had the chance to play, and uh, I'm glad we played it, because I I feel like there's a decent chance that's going to end up in my board game collection. Mm-hmm. Um, I that's how, much, that's how much I enjoyed playing it, so yeah. There's a lot of flavor, and there's actually a lot of decisions that can be made, but it's not a game I think anybody had any trouble understanding once we got going. Yeah, not... It was not, easy to keep up not with. Not terribly complex. Yeah. But it... I mean, I'm not a fan of the turn order. Um, the way the turn, yeah, work. because it's hard to figure out. Like when you play other strategy games or something, you kind of figure out what people are going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much up in the air, unpredictability. Yeah, with, there's there's a ton in this game. I I mean, I think I I I really do believe that's sort of a core tenant of that game's design though. Well, it's 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 very frustrating like what happened was me and you I think I think it was me and you we went off to the left side or something and everybody started playing to the right side. Yeah. And that's where all the yeah. good stuff started popping up. And you, it's like, you, well, you and I sorted and yeah. sort of ended up on a more desolate side of the, the pepper planting field, yeah. if you will. Uh, that's, that's definitely true. And so what I tried to do is sort of work toward the strengths of that side of the field. Uh, obviously it didn't work out. I was not the winner. <laughs> um, I, I, I was bidding heavily. Not super heavily. Some people were, were tossing money left and right to, to try to get their spot in the bid order. And I almost, by the end of the game, started to wonder if being in the middle of the pack of the turn order was almost the most helpful. Because you often found people bidding really hard to go first or to go last, which in turn would put you first during the second part of the, f- the second phase of the round. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you were kind of sitting in the middle, you had pretty good options during both phases. Uh, yeah. Obviously, we played it once, so it, it's hard to say either way. But. Right. But it had a lot of good flavor. Pun it, intended. It had a nice, a spicy board game <laughs> flavor. <laughs> yes. So was that all we did on that day? I, like the, I mean, it shouldn't um, be. We, we, we attended a adventure design oh, right. panel. Uh, hosted by the developers of 13th Age. Right. Uh, if you listened to last year's Gen Con special, you've certainly heard some of our thoughts on 13th Age. Mm-hmm. It's a favorite RPG of mine. Um, nice, easy fantasy, very flavorful RPG to mm-hmm. hop into. Um, and they were hosting a panel on designing an adventure. Um, I actually came into it thinking it was a panel about designing a dungeon, uh, which I think is what oh, I advertised yeah. it as to Justin. Um, I had some mixed signals or something. But when we got there... Um, well, it should it, encompass that, right? I mean... Uh, very... Maybe not maybe on broad, like, but... Maybe on, was, like, the, the, yeah. in the broadest terms. Yeah. Um, it, it was really interesting to see the professional's sort of workflow mm-hmm. approaching... Uh, or their, their approach to to designing a dungeon because they the the start of the panel was just sort of broadly talking about well 
here's the dungeons we've worked on. Here's some sort of um, what what defines an adventure. Er, sorry, no, not dungeons. Here's some adventures we've worked on. What defines an adventure, particularly in the world of this game, this thirteenth age role playing game, and um, what what how do you design the adventure to be as compelling as possible within this this rule set and this this world we've built, and then it turned into. Uh, a portion I might call Whose Dungeon Is It Anyway? Um, where they start taking suggestions from the audience and uh, before our eyes, an adventure began to appear. Yeah. Um, in a really interesting, fun way. Uh, they just sort of bounced ideas off of each other, bounced ideas off of the audience, mm-hmm. took, took our feedback. And before long, we had an adventure about dream spiders... In the woods, right? Who were like the? It was a cool. It was a cool premise because the idea would be that the adventures are, you know, they come into a town or something. It's a very generic adventure setup, and then something insane happens, like the walls start melting, uh, and then that's somehow the adventurers realize that they're actually dreaming right now, mm-hmm. and that these dream spiders are fucking around with their dreams, but also fucking around with other important people's dreams and the adventurers would find a way to start going through different people's dreams possibly yeah. acquiring items from the dreams possibly going into dreams that are visions of the future and seeing what might happen and then taking that information to know how to keep something bad from happening later it was really interesting yeah yeah a, a really sort of interesting um sort of workflow mm-hmm. that I could see myself. I, t- I, I took a few notes along the way and, and uh, I could definitely see myself applying those sort of ideas to designing uh, RPG adventures going forward. And I wouldn't be surprised to see this one pop out, um, pop out of, of 13th age. So mm-hmm. you can always keep an eye out for uh, you know, what they call it. Something of the, of the dream spiders or something. Revenge of the Dream Spider. Yeah. I don't remember. Dreamweavers. Dreamweavers, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was a fun panel. Then I have no idea what we did after Skullville. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think... Did we go demo we anything? Had... We... Wow. Let's see. I did I did my shopping that morning. Right. Uh, picked up... Picked up a I went cart- to Artist Alley, I think. Maybe. That's a little bit of that. But I think I did that on Friday. Man, okay, whatever. Uh, so Friday coming. I, I do know we turned in early on Thursday, quote unquote early. Fairly, yeah. yeah. So Friday, uh, you guys, uh, Eric, uh, Alex, and Scott. Yeah, we were joined by our normal crew, uh, the did, same uh, same guys we've been hanging dungeon, out with. True Dungeon, 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Scott and Alex and I had enough fun last year, we uh, decided to... Tackle it again this oh, year. Hold on. Just for one second, let me let me at least drop the company that makes Scoville real quick. Oh yeah, please. so people can uh, look for that game if they want to check that out about the Chili Peppers. Uh, that is by Grand Gaming Academy. It looks like um, uh, Grand Gaming Academy was running the the event. Okay. I'm fairly certain they're not actually publishers of the game. Okay. Maybe Lilo, I think. Was it Lilo? Uh, oh, Yellow? I like, don't. L-E- I, I, I thought, oh, I I thought, I thought it was L-E. 
L-O-L. Uh, they capitalize the I? Uh, I couldn't say one way or the other, but the, there is a publisher named Yellow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, that Grand Gaming Academy is the is who is listed underneath that event. So. Yeah, they they uh, Grand Gaming Academy is a a company out of Michigan that teaches board games. Oh, okay. So Grand Rapids. Oh, I didn't Michigan. even hmm. know you could build a company off of teaching board games. I have a feeling their company operates at a few cons a year and maybe doesn't right like have a storefront or something. Okay, but um, hmm. yeah. So uh, you guys ran True Dungeon. Yeah, so we uh, decided to tackle True Dungeon again. Into um, the Deeper Dark, you guys did combat this year. Into the Deeper Dark, yeah. So uh, each adventure comes in sort of two flavors. Uh, there's the puzzle-oriented one and the combat-oriented one. We did puzzle-oriented last year, um, and the puzzles just kicked our asses. Uh, yeah, there was a few that we felt pretty confident about, and I would say there were maybe a majority where we just got like we ran out of time, got shunned out of the room. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, um, this year, uh, so but we enjoyed the combat. The combat is sort of resolved through um, basically shuffleboard yeah. in an odd way. Uh, you you have weapon discs which you slide towards a diagram of a monster or the enemy mm-hmm. uh, trying to hit critical areas. Right. Um, and depending on sort of the orientation of your shuffle puck, you uh, deal amounts of damage. There's a DM there that's sort of working through all the mathematics. You don't have to worry about that. You just have to worry about doing your best with this sort of uh, test of dexterity. Um and it's a lot of fun. And there's little crinkles along the way, like the, your positioning in the room might matter or something. So um, we decided that was the way to go. Um, interestingly enough, I almost wonder if I would have preferred um, Puzzle Focus this year, because all the all of the puzzles we did, we had a lot of fun doing. Um, and we, we solved all of them 100%. We never got kicked out of a room this year uh, for lack of time. So uh, to... Uh, I suppose I don't have to worry about spoilers. Uh, Gen Con is mm-hmm. over <laughs> when yeah. this is published. So um, should you not want to hear about Into the Deeper Dark, I suppose you can skip ahead a few minutes. But really what it consisted of is uh, this is the second year of a six-year story arc. Last year... Four-year. Uh, Six-year. This says, this year marks the start of an epic four-year story arc in which the party must stop a mind flayer uh, from hatching a devious scheme to collect all the teeth of... Cavadar. But last year was into the... Yeah, last year we began our journey into the deeper dark. I'm. Just, it says, this is the first part of this year's two-year part adventure. Players must venture through the deeper dark while facing sinister monsters and team-oriented challenges. Um, I, you I'm know... Just, I'm just... I couldn't say... Um, just reading off the Gen Con site. Yeah, I just know what, what our GMs are sort of telling us. Hmm. Uh, regardless... Um, we were, we had contacted a drow guide, a drow being an underground elf, if you're unfamiliar. Um, and this drow guide, uh, agreed to guide us to sort of a, a, a the, a city of drow, underground city. Um, as long as we escorted her and kept her safe from, from the dangers of the deeper dark, which is the, uh, true dungeon equivalent of the wizards of the coast. Under Dark, which is copyrighted, apparently. Uh. <laughs> um, 
So we traveled in and uh, we found a volcano with strange runes which we could walk on uh, in sort of a lava pool around it. And by walking around these runes to the beats of drums which were playing um, in some distant chamber, we found a sort of combinations of runes which we stopped on as the drums stopped. Uh, and by tapping these runes, we could unlock a door, advancing further into the deeper dark. Um, that was a cool, fun, very uh, tactile puzzle. Um, we then encountered a uh, stone golem that was really quite cool. It just appeared to be a pile of rocks, essentially. And somehow, I assume some fishing wire or something, like they could pull it taut such that the rocks rose into the shape of a man. Well, that's cool. Uh, it was really, it was a really neat effect. Um, fought him. Uh, we, we, uh, the party consists of 10 people. Um, we had a fighter who had been doing this for a few years and apparently was far over-leveled for the difficulty we were running. We were just running a normal. Uh, it's one step above easy. Easy, it's impossible to even die. Uh, we decide normal sounds fine. We've done it right. once before, right? Normal. We don't have much for loot. Um, yeah, this guy was dealing like half of the monster's health. So eventually our DM was sort of like, you know, maybe just use a not plus five weapon. So everyone gets a chance to have fun. Right. Um, I myself was playing a bard, which means my job in combat was simply to sing a song, um, uh, which buffed the party. Um, we ventured deeper into the dungeon. We fought a lava dwarf who had the capability of popping up and down in different sort of uh, fountains of lava spread across the room, which is mm. kind of a fun combat challenge because only the people near him when he popped up had the chance to attack him. Ah, okay. So we sort of had to distribute ourselves. But of course... Um, spread out. Spread out. <laughs> spread out. It's like yeah. raid leader. Um, he wasn't dumb. He'd, he'd always attack kind of the weakest looking group. Oh, so if okay. you just stuck like a wizard and the bard next to some lava spout, like we're probably going to get beat up. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Uh... Further in, uh, we're protecting our, our, our drow guide, um, sort of a, a flirty dark elf. Uh, she, she, she was a hoot. Um, and eventually she says, oh, I heard something. Uh, I'm going to disappear around this corner. And she disappears. Um, uh, she's going to come back for us. She doesn't. So we wait there. We know there's only about 10 minutes per room. So we're like, okay, well, we, we can't just stand here. Uh, so we advance onward. And uh, sure enough, we find that she has transformed uh, into an incredibly elaborate, like 12-foot-large drider, which is part drow, part spider. You could right. think it's like a centaur, but instead yeah. of part horse, it's part spider. Um, suspended from the ceiling, just uh, probably the coolest prop I saw this year. Mm. Like the it, Beautifully done. And Did they have... Was there a person in? Yes. The, yeah, our drow okay. guide was... The torso oh, awesome. and arms of, of this drider. Um, and she laughs at us and says, Ah, thank you for guiding me deeper into this dungeon. Now you'll all die. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know. She killed uh, the fuck out of her. Oh, we blasted <laughs> the ever living hell out of her. Um, and she's like, uh, uh, Dead. Uh, we end up stealing a key off of her belt uh, to get us to the city. Not before we encounter a lava waterfall, which. Um, if you've ever played 
uh, Pokemon Snap for the Nintendo 64. It's a photography game. Uh, there's a part where Gyarados pops out of a waterfall. And this sort of reminded me of that because this giant lava grub popped out of a waterfall with like giant tentacles flipping around. So before we could escape to the city, we had to defeat the giant lava grub. Uh, fortunately, we had a druid who had like five ice orbs he could launch at the thing, which dealt oh. like triple damage. Yeah. So, um, all in all, uh, super fun, very atmospheric, lots of beautifully done, like, well, you guys saw some of the lava flows in the lobby when you yeah, joined us. Yeah, like you could tell that they were, I mean, there's a lot of uh, bespoke items like that where you could see like, oh, they did like a, it's like almost like they, they melted or molded the plastic and yeah. then painted over it so it looked like Yeah, it and then there's there's like uh, lights underneath that sort of, I don't know if they rotate or something, there's sort of a, an effect to right. it that, that makes it look glowy and there's lots of mushrooms that mm. glow. Uh, Plenty of sound effects. Sound effects go a long way. Lots like speakers of speakers everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And and occasional glowing mushrooms and stuff. Mm. Um so uh once again one of my my true <laughs> true highlights was <laughs> true dungeon. Um uh, I I fully fully intend to play it again next year. Okay. Um I think it's just a really really fun experience. Um oh and uh of course, you get treasure. Mm. You completed a dungeon. Uh, I got mostly garbage. Uh, our good friend Alex, on the other hand, managed to scoop out uh, this weird black-looking... All, all your items in the game are basically um, poker chips. Mm-hmm. Poker chips with stuff written on them. Uh, our friend Alex uh, got like this weird black one with a suit of armor on it. And we were like, oh, it's, why is it black? And the guy, the guy uh, at... at Basically, uh, uh, handing out the treasure. Um, you, you pulled the treasure randomly, but he was at the desk. Anyhow, uh, he was like, Oh, yeah, that's, uh, you need like four pieces of ultra rare armor to craft that one. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's like, I've been working on that for like two years. So, um, turns out we looked it up on eBay naturally. Uh, the previous one sold for, I think, $387. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, props to Scott. Yeah. Or, or, or rather, Alex. Uh, um, that's, that's a pretty exciting thing to have happen. So. Yeah. Yeah. True dungeon. And they seem to enjoy it. Yeah. I, I think they did. Um, I think we all had a really good time. Uh, the non, the, the members of our group, which, which were not our friends, uh, for the most part, we're, we're good. Um, there were a couple socially awkward folk, mm. like you might encounter at a Gen Con, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and, and that could be a little frustrating. Um, but overall, uh, a, a fantastic time. Mm. Yeah. You guys, while we were there, played a game, if I'm not mistaken, about knitting. Yes. It was called Threads. This is we were looking obviously we were looking for something to do while you guys were doing that. Yeah, yeah, so when yeah. we bought these tickets, I we played a game last year called Quilt Show. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> I should say uh you know, I'm a big fan of unique uh game mechanics and flavors for games. Um if if someone's like, "Hey, let's play this game and it's uh, you know, Wizards and Dragons or especially if it's like spaceships, or high sci-fi, I kind of glaze over. Doesn't mean I'm not going to want to play. Doesn't mean I'm not yeah, going to yeah, enjoy yeah. it. But the flavors just let me. Uh, 
and then but then oddly you know a game like quilt show for example which is about like building nice quilts and then entering shows to try and win prizes i don't know that's just that's interesting interpretation of real world things into game mechanics and so because of that we signed up for a game called threads uh which was kind of similar it's actually a game that they were very still very much play testing interesting okay. which um Gen Con is what what I'm starting to find out about Gen Con is, you know, initially I thought it was a place where people came to play and play games that they already knew existed, that they were already into, maybe demo a few games that were already out, uh, maybe buy some stuff that's already out. But in reality, Gen Con is very much a networking, playtesting, demoing, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, premiering event it's like as mu- it's as much an industry convention as yes. it is a player convention yeah. yeah yeah so for example this game which um still had like proxy pieces and whatnot they were very much like there was there's a rule that you were supposed to have a max or you were supposed to only do one action like if you were going to so you're collecting these pieces of cloth and then you're trying to uh do a line on these squares to for a recipe for like a, a pattern. It's a, it's a mix of a ticket to ride. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, kind of like ticket, ticket to ride. To ride and, so you got to get a yeah. So you got to get a bunch of these pieces together, and then you have to fill out a line right. with your pieces. And all the the edges on the pieces have to uh, the sh- the colors have to match up along that line in order for you to play it. And apparently, the rules were like you were only supposed to do one line at a time, but they were basically just like playing around with letting people do as much as they want yeah. at a time. Didn't seem to ultimately matter much, mm-hmm. but um, no, that uh, game was oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, that game was all right. There wasn't a whole lot about it that seemed particularly unique. Um, I think that it was really difficult to. So it, it got difficult for me to plan out what I could do to maximize my point values because. There were single color pieces, uh, and then there were these multicolor pieces that had different colors on each side of these squares because the pieces were squares. And you could try and like pay, you, you had to pay because the cards in your hand were like colored pieces, colored cards. So you had to pay either you could pay one green card to get a green piece of fabric or you if you wanted that green and purple piece you'd have to pay a green and a purple so i had these turns where i'm like trying to make a specific thing happen and then like having trouble keeping up with okay i pay that to do that and then that has to go into that is that card out there yes and then that then i can go into that oh but they don't have that card okay so can i what if i mean that fabric or that yeah that fabric can i rearrange my cards and so i end up like taking way too long we weren't even able to finish so i don't know that i can't say i really liked that game i enjoyed it i enjoyed it uh but again they're still play testing i would be interested i I feel like it's a game that could change heavily Uh, 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 what did you enjoy about it uh well it's just uh, i mean it seems very easy to pick up sure and learn yeah yeah yeah. um yeah it was very straightforward i'll say that and the ease of, of picking up a game and learning it, uh, to me, is a major selling point when playing with with people. Um, because I, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want a darkness game. Uh, which we'll we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, we'll... but uh, I don't want a game with too much complexity, uh, but there's still strategy to it. 
Um, so what was very what I liked about it was there was strategy in uh, fabric placement, uh, just like I mean, kind of like how there is with Ticket to Ride. Whereas, sure, you I mean, a lot of people don't play Ticket to Ride where they screw your opponent, but you could easily kind of because the way scoring happened was you had stacks of these cards, and once you completed a completed your your design, whether it was uh, a, a sweater, uh, a quilt, like an argyle teddy bear, or a toy, um, you got to pick from the reward stack, and so you could take something that had different tiers of scoring on it just to make sure that your opponent that you see as working on something doesn't get it hmm. that has more value to them. So you had one scoring that if you used all of one color on your on your project, then you get twenty points. But if you use two colors on your project, you get 16 points. And if you use three colors, you could get 12 points. So if you saw that somebody was about to complete all of one color, you could go ahead and complete yours with two colors, take the 16 to make sure that they don't get the 20 points. So it was very... I liked that there was strategy beyond just, I'm doing my own thing, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this game was made is being made by Cosmic Wombat Games, it looks like. Uh, this like like Justin said, it's a play test. Uh, minimum two, maximum four number of players. Um, we had a really, I had a really good time playing it. We we played with a couple. Um, I think they enjoyed it somewhat. And uh, I was I was I, I always love doing play testing because you're able to give feedback. Um, we were able to fill fill out feedback forms, give our opinions on the game and how we thought it should play and different things that worked or didn't work in the game. And uh, like we talked last year, the playtest hall, um, we I just enjoy being able to give feedback on a game work in progress because it's always nice to, to think that you contributed to making a game better. Uh, yeah. So Alex would have really liked playing that because uh, he would have had lots of feedback. <laughs> uh, that probably would have made the game better. Just to also uh, clarify, uh, Scoville... Um, let me pull up that because uh, I want to make sure that I have this right. Uh, and of course, I closed out the website. Uh, what did we do? We we met up, we ate lunch, um, and we came back and we played. Darkness comes rattling. We certainly. All right, did. Scoville was is made published by Tasty Minstrel Games. Tasty Tasty Minstrel. Min oh. Sounds disgusting. Well, this is a little weird. Yeah, but like a, like dra- tasty a dragon might eat a tasty minstrel. Oh, true, true, true. Um, when okay. I think of minstrel, you think tasty. Oh, not M E N S T R. Menstrual, like a like a minstrel, like M I N S T R. A guy playing the lute. It looks like it retails for thirty five dollars. So on Amazon. So Scoville, I mean, um, it has an average on BGG at uh, seven point two. That's pretty good on yeah, BGG. That's good. So, but yeah, I I would recommend uh, Threads. I, I enjoyed it. I probably Who knows would, what it'll actually come out. It, it it would, I think it would, and because of the because of what we saw, I think it would be on a on a lower price point than the Scoville, and I would have more fun playing. Oh yeah, threads. it was a nice small box. Um, Very but, few. Uh, it's a good quick game. Yeah. It's, it's it's it gets points as far as I'm concerned for being yeah. a game Turn, you can play with two people. 
And turn sequence goes to go real fast. Um, so, but yes, we played Darkness Comes Rattling, uh, which is made by Word? Weird? Word? Oh, yeah. Word. Word. W-Y-R-D. Yeah. Um, Darkness Comes Rattling. So, minimum number of players is one. <laughs> maximum number of players was six. Uh, they had scheduled us for one hour. Huh. Uh, for this, and it's, it looks like wordgames.net as their web, word-games.net as their website. But so uh, we ended up uh, playing this. Uh, we uh, come over. They like, how long do you have? Like, uh, well, you can spend a little bit more than an hour to yeah, play. Yeah, basically, we didn't have anything to do until like six. three hours, six hours, like like three hours later, I think. No, yeah. two hours later. Two hours later. Yeah, because we. Oh yeah, on, we get the play. We got the play test all. So, so we were like, yeah, we can take your time if you yeah. if you don't mind. Um, yeah. And so the guy was basically he he told us that uh, if I'm teaching somebody and they only have so much time, we usually jump into the mid game, uh, which was sort of a little red flag. At there at that point but whatever i mean yeah well one we thing come I, over one and the thing, board is like huge and there's all kinds of stuff going well, on one it's first off you see the board it's mostly green looking yeah uh, the, i think the that was, was mean, all like, green what am i doing burning legion over here or something um, like yeah uh, well, well i understand where you're coming uh, from burning there was sort of an overall like black and green theme yeah. mm-hmm. each quadrant of the board did have its own sort of blue, red, yellow. Black and blue. Black and red. It was all, well, darkness know, was coming. Okay. Right. Rattling. But, but, uh, so, um, but I think one thing that I have a real problem with when uh, this year with Gen Con is the misinformation, uh, and we, we got a hint of this last year, the misinformation that's given to you about time. Like how much something, how long something's gonna take, time wise. Last year we saw this with Alex. He tried. He showed up at the appropriate time. Oh, I for this. his magic thing on Thursday, and when he showed up, even though he showed up on time, they were like, "Yeah, you were supposed to be here by that time." We actually started taking like roll call or whatever, signing people up previously, and we're starting at. We're actually gonna start it. Yeah. No. And, to, to clarify what you just said, he was supposed to be there. Much earlier, earlier right. than that time. Right. And, and then the tournament so itself. So that you could start with your sealed deck or whatever it was whatever it at was. that time. Yeah. So, uh, and this time, like like they said, this was blocked off for an hour, even though this game probably would have had a runtime of like two and a half to three hours at least. Yeah. Thereabouts. Uh, for us, so. Um, yeah, so you're... you're you you expressed initial issues over the coloration of the game, sort of the board. That I, I'm a pretty seasoned board gamer. Uh, I own a lot of board games. I've been exposed to a lot. That I wouldn't say that that game came across as terribly intimidating to me initially. Um, it doesn't. Uh, I will say, like you guys, I didn't have a terribly good time with this mm-hmm. game. Um, but that, I mean, there were various reasons. I yeah. That. Uh, uh, <laughs> For starters, I was uh, growing a headache at that point, so that wasn't a good start that's to things. certainly no fun. Uh, and then we're approached by, yeah, the, the fellow who mm-hmm. uh, is going to teach us the game, and he says, okay, well, uh, we might start you in the middle, but uh, I guess if you guys have some time... Oh, okay, we'll start from the beginning. We'll start from the beginning. Um... 
and I'll just hop in here as the sixth player. Uh, right. <laughs> that, you know, that, that, that'll work, uh, and we'll just teach while we play. So he introduces us to about, uh, you know, six or seven actions on the board, uh, seemingly, uh, at random. Yeah. Uh, uh at which point he says, all right, uh, time to go. Let's play. Um, uh, we don't, I would say, still have a strong confidence in how to play the game. Right. Uh, but why not? Uh, learning by doing is a, as good a way as any. <laughs> so I will say, yeah, so that actually brings up a good point on this. You know, Gen Con is a game, is a convention where I show up and I have to learn a bunch of games so that, that we can play. And in yeah. fact, I mean, if you're going to Gen Con, ideally you're probably trying to demo games you haven't played. So That's certainly like them. one of my goals here at Gen Con outside of social. Yeah. So through repetition, I learned, I've learned that I have a personal preference on how I should be taught a game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to me, and just, this is actually how I teach anything. Like if I'm teaching somebody something at work, I think you need to give the, the players like the overall paragraph here's here's what happens and here's your goal like including like the turns that people can take and when they can take them well i always need to see an example turn so uh we'll talk about this in, here in a little bit um the uh Mistborn game that we played mm-hmm. but i i i gather a lot more information when i watched the video of a turn sequence than I did when somebody tries to tell me the turn sequence, and I'll agree with that too. I I, I, de- um, I totally agree that when you're when you're teaching me how to play a game, it, I, I I'm always I always perk up when the person's like, "Let's just do a turn real quick and just like pull some stuff that we're not going to do," and then just says like, "This is what a person might well, do." Like get, that tells me like, "Okay, that's what I can do." I totally my, my processing is I have a really hard time hearing things. And grasping it in my head and like putting it together, so like being earlier, told how to do something right. as opposed earlier, to being shown. Like anytime somebody starts reading rules to me and everything, I kind of space out. I can't understand it. I don't, I don't know anything because usually there's a different thing that's happening on the reader's end, and that's them seeing cards, examples, possibly in the manual, other things. So you're you're able to more relay what's happening but when i'm just blind i don't see anything i'm having to like find things on the board that may be referenced in the manual like you you're getting a different whoever's reading it has a different interpretation than Mm -hmm. i do um but so like earlier today secret hitler was being taught to us and i just i gotta see it i gotta see it i can't telling me about it i can't do it Mm -hmm. but so the darkness comes rattling this guy's just going off on talking about it and everything, and I'm like, he's doing gotta... the thing. He's doing the thing where he's like saying, and then you can do this with this without telling like what the this or the that is. So I don't. I'm not. It's like it's all it's like he, super yeah, abstract. He, he, well, or or ultra specific. Uh, yeah, like like uh, uh, we could drone on about this for a while. Uh, well, I think. Okay, sorry. Uh, uh, I think the biggest problem to me would have been could have been easily solved if he started off just by telling me a basic like two or three sentences which is the object of this is to complete missions gather loot and then at a certain point in the game you'll take that loot into this other area and you'll try to beat that 
Like which he I mean, did go through that information, but, but it was like while he was talking about everything. Like he I would mean, give like he would give a part and then drill down, and then kind of lose me, and then give a part that I would kind of pick up and then start drilling down again. I think it's, it's a just, simple game to get. It's just it, it, well, I will say, I thought it was a fairly complicated game, but I felt like we had to stop and ask questions a lot. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, but I feel like. I th- I think I in my head thinking back on it it seems fairly easy to pick up and learn it's just there's so many other smaller components to it and everything Yeah there's a like, lot of things that can happen. Well yeah to me the unforgivable sin of that demo involved our teacher sitting down to play with us mm. uh because as soon as that happened it became quite apparent that uh he was just going to tell us what to do and we were there to go through the actions, to roll some dice. Um, but it seemed that every time we tried to make our own move or make a suggestion, he'd be like, oh, but, but it would be much better if you went here and you went here and then you'd team up and you'd go here and you'd go here. Yeah. Um, and in the end, it, it didn't feel like, uh, I I never felt like I had a lot of free agency yeah. in that demo, uh, just because I ended up kind of following people around and providing a bonus to their roles because right. I was in the same space as them. Yeah, and to well, that point, it was a it's a cooperative game yeah, where you're yeah, sort yeah. of working together to accomplish goals. Um, there's it's the kind of game. This is something we talked about. Cooperative games often have an issue where. One, one, maybe two, maybe three people kind of decide what everybody should do. And it's not like they're doing anything wrong because they're like really into it and they're seeing, and they're just like seeing all the things that can happen. And it's easy for someone like me who is happy to let other people make a decision because I don't, I I know that I trust them and I know they're going to make a good decision. So why should I bother to say anything different? Uh, to just kind of check out. Because we did, there, there, you didn't have a hand of cards that nobody else could see. Everybody could see everything that everybody had. And if you ran by someone else, you could just get their gear. So it was like, it was oftentimes people saying like, and, and I had an ability where I could, uh, so you had like, everybody had four moves in a turn, but I had an ability where I could give anybody an extra move. So it wasn't uncommon for someone to be like, so I think that I can run by and I can get Justin's thing. And they were like, people are nice about it. You know, they under, cause they understand it's like a cooperative game. So it's not like they're saying, I'll just take your shit. But they were like, and I can pick up that thing and then Justin can use his push to push me over here. And like, that's the best thing that could be done. But where, where am I involved in, in, in letting, why do I even need to be here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm right there with you. So I think that there are cooperative games that have a little more they like they keep a they keep things to each player so that they have their own agency and you still work together but you're still making your own decisions and i don't see myself ever wanting to play this game again aside aside from the fact that it took us forever just to get into the second phase of how the game works do you think they can ever build a cooperative game where people don't give input or feel like the driving force. I mean, no. I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of it like wouldn't a be a co- it wouldn't be a cooperative game if people aren't cooperating. Well, but, okay. Here's an interesting aspect. Um, pandemic. 
technically, when you play Pandemic, you're not supposed to be allowed to say what's in your hand to other players. Yeah. Um, now, everyone breaks that rule. Everyone I've ever played Pandemic with breaks that rule. Mm. Um, but it's supposed to, it's supposed to be like, you're on your, it, it's supposed to invoke sort of that feeling of being on your own, unless you're at the same place, at which point you can trade with each other and you can talk about mm. that sort of thing. Um, and, and I think, I think that those sort of, uh, limits on communication can be really effective in sort of making people need to make their own decisions. Me- yeah. Make right, their right, own decisions. But, but don't you feel like when you're playing a cooperative game, you're basically doing a three legged race with another person? Yes. And that you want to make sure that. Yeah, and there's a the dragon behind me, and knows. the challenge is that we need to outrun but what the Matt's, dragon. But what Matt's saying, it, trying to stumble through, is like you want to make sure the person knows what the fuck they're doing so they don't fuck it up for everybody. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, but I think that goes. I think everybody should have that feeling, right? And I'm saying, I, if if that's if that's, I guess I would say if that's your attitude on those types of games. Then even more than my initial feeling, I would never want to play another cooperative game like that. Like that one. I think ultimately, because we played a game called Mistborn. Well, it goes to people's competitiveness though, right? Right. I actually, if, I think ultimately a game where you, the game pushes you to cooperate because it's in everybody's best interest, but ultimately you're trying to come out on top, say very, via victory points. I think that's the best kind of, quote unquote cooperative game where like you you work together but you also have your own self interest that way you have agency and you you're making your own dis- you, there are, there's at least part of it so like a little bit of each i guess i would say and there was also a game we played um at the playtest hall after this uh which was a sort of deck building yeah it was a deck building cooperative Tower? Interpretation of a tower defense game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was really cool, flavorful. I made sure to tell this guy that like I really like your aesthetic style because there were so like you had a your board was like the were like these three rows and monsters would come out. So that's out. why we left Darkness Rising. Where darkness comes for everybody. Or darkness, <laughs> darkness comes so, rattling. Darkness comes rattling. Yeah, yeah. we left that and, and went to left the, the baby rattle behind and play, play, play test places. hall. Uh, and uh so the game board is are these mob three mayhem. rows? Let's talk about mob. Yeah, mayhem. mob mayhem. That's what it's called. Mob mayhem is is the comp- mob mayhem games is the comp- mob mayhem games mob maybe mobmayhem.com. You can go to that site. <laughs> they haven't done. They're not doing the Kickstarter yet. I think they said they were going to try to do one in a little while. Um, but yes, it's a, a and they have multiple themes and all kinds of cool stuff. But yeah, so the like the idea of this game is it's a post-apocalyptic future where you're sort of in this camp or caravan where, but it's over the top aesthetic. So like very cartoony. Yeah. So there's like a commando corn stalk that's like cybernetic and he's like firing guns and shit. And, and these things come off the deck and they go into a back row. And then every turn they go forward in the rows until they get to your caravan and do damage, sort of like a tower defense where like the, the creeps show up in the back and then they make their way forward and you have to deal with them before they get to you or something might happen. And for example, there was one, the pig glider, which I thought was really clever because he comes out in the back, but then as soon as he advances, he gains flying, 
which meant that you couldn't hit him with certain types of cards. So the idea being like the pig shows up and then he gets some speed going and now he's like flying. And so now you can no longer attack him. So I thought it was a really good uh, aesthetic. And, and as a cooperative game, even though your hands were face up, I think it was the kind of game where you could have a commander, but it felt like so many people were so focused on what they could do and what they had in front of them that it was more like, I felt like each person was more making their decision and then responding to everybody else to let them know, oh yeah, I can do that. Or what if I do this? I've got these things. So if any, it was a really, I thought it was a really good cooperative game, even though there wasn't, there theoretically could have be a commander. Yeah, it, it, it was, um, it was a fine cooperative game, uh, a, a pretty simplistic deck builder. Um, certainly, I, I, I think even Dominion offers more complexity than Mob Mayhem in, ter- yeah. in, the, in terms of deck building. Mm-hmm. Um, but deck building was only sort of half of the game. Um, you know, it was deck building in service of defeating oncoming waves of mutated farm creatures mm-hmm. uh, and, and and so I think I think had it been a game about numbers and and just like generic monsters I wouldn't have liked it so much mm-hmm. um, it's fun uh, I, I think we all had a great time playing mob mayhem um, I told Justin I was disappointed that when we left I couldn't buy it yeah I, I I highly enjoyed it. I think I told uh, Scott that it was the high point. I think of Gen Con. I I, I really enjoyed the game, and I I, I looked forward to like because ex- like when we talked to with him, he talked about like having expansions, and mm-hmm. I looked forward to the really cool thematics of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I could I could definitely see some some keen expansion points in the future. At the same time, I I. I Myself would be slightly concerned about its simplicity. Um, uh, it would be a great game to set down in front of my family or some of my non-sort of grognardy board game friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the theming goes a long way to help with that. Like it was, mm-hmm. it, it was very whimsical and very fun, and that kept me engaged. I always wanted to know what's coming next. Why? Yeah. Oh, it's a. Uh, Oh, what was the wolf? It was the wolf in sheep's clothing, basically. Yeah, the steel. So, the wool so they had a bunch. They clothing. had a bunch of uh, sheep called steel wolves, and they were like enemies. And um, when a wolf appeared, he scared all the steel wool forward. Forward, to space. yeah, yeah. And and so it's sort of that sort of theming, that sort mm-hmm. of uh, whimsical interplay, um, is really what. What sold the game for me? Um, I think the mechanics are solid, uh, were fun, fairly surface. I didn't think, yeah, I agree that I don't think there was enough decision making to be done. Um, for the most part, every time I had enough scrap to buy something, I just was like, yeah, we should go ahead and buy that. Like it didn't, it didn't feel like, no, you should get that, or no, I should get that, or I should focus on that. Yeah. Like a lot of deck builders, I feel like they have mechanics where. You want to focus on specific. Of, yeah. If you get lots of areas. this, it makes your deck better. If you get lots of this, it makes your deck better. It had a little bit of that, but it felt like 
even if it wasn't something that you were kind of already doing, you had the scrap for it, so why not take that card? So I think that goes in with your maybe not complicated enough. So do you feel like it, if it had more rows? You know, so I'm, that you had to start planning out your fights? I'm unsure. Um, I think, I think, well, I know that a three row tower defense game is effective because I own one. It's called Castle Panic. It's a lot of fun. Um, and so I don't, I don't think rows is necessarily the issue. Uh, I just, um, uh, maybe some enemies that require more consideration. Uh, there was an armor mechanic where armor reduced damage, mm-hmm. magic penetrated armor, uh, kind of a simple, not even rock, paper, scissors, rock, paper, <laughs> if you will. Um, but it just, um, it, it was fun. It wasn't, uh, revelatory, I suppose. So I assume you get their information so that you can keep updates yeah. on it, Matt. Mobmayhem.com, yeah. 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 They're on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. I, I definitely look forward to buying it. Um, I mentioned how I thought it was similar. To, you know, there's deck builders out there. You have uh, Ascension, Dominion. I mentioned a game, Star Realms to them. Uh, I kickstarted that because I, I kind of got into, I played Dominion and I really liked it. And uh, I really like deck builders. I just I just like the idea of being able to customize my deck and stuff yeah. and make it into my own. Uh, it, it reminded me of a game called Thunderstone. Uh, Thunderstone being a game in which it's a deck it's a deck building game, mm-hmm. uh, and there are monsters in a dungeon, and there is a cooperative mode in which they leave the dungeon in waves and come toward the town, uh, trying to break down a wall. Um, and, and in many ways, uh, it, it offered a similar sort of gameplay, although Thunderstone is a much heavier, much more complex deck builder. So maybe, uh, if, if this sounds interesting to you, um, you could wait for Mob Mayhem. Sounds like they do have a Kickstarter around the corner, but Thunderstone may, uh, sort of scratch that itch as well. I don't think complexity is what I want, though. Okay. Because like like you said, I would like to have something I could take and play with casual people. Complexity would be more something that I want out of a board like an actual physical board game that has a board and pieces and so like uh, this I felt like was more of a I could take it down to my mom's house and get relatives to play like you said, get the get the family to play it. Something that won't Although, be too complex. <sighs> On rails, I would say this is like an on rail shooter. <laughs> you know, like you're just. You're, I think, you're but only... I, I think if you were to play with, say, for example, your mom or somebody like that, yeah. I think you would end up telling everybody what they should be doing. Uh, well, I think, and I tried to, I tried to approach it with Eric, where we would discuss mm-hmm. our options. Like, okay, I see you got that. What do you want to do? Or uh, this is what I have. What do you think? I I want to discuss the options. Make sure we both can come to the same conclusion. And if we, if we can't come to the same conclusion, just help me understand why you want to do something. And then we'll do it. Right. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't, and I, I feel like, I feel like that game is simplistic enough to where you can do that. Like, and then there's not, there's not a harsh penalty 
too there's not too harsh of a penalty if you just let people do what they want to do and you know you the the other person can probably pick up the slack hopefully yeah mm. and i don't i i i certainly don't want to come across as saying this game was like piddly easy kitty yeah. um mm-hmm. it was approachable it was friendly it was uh, it was uncomplex, but Matt and I scraped out of our game with two health left oh, by wow. the time we beat the final boss. Yeah, we just barely lost. Oh, okay. So it's certainly balanced, I, th- I feel um, like. And, and another thing I like about those kind of games is the replayability, I guess, because you don't know every turn what's going to come up. Since you have a random deck and sure. everything, and your deck and is... there are random bosses, which would, right. would help. Yeah, right. and, the, and certainly um, I think it's a very expandable game. Like, mm-hmm. like, they have a great core there that they can just... You know, we were talking Halloween deck, uh, mm-hmm. sci-fi deck. Like, um, you could go all sorts of places mm-hmm. with the same sort of core model. Yeah. So, I really like it, um... Uh, I assume they would probably do a print and play, hopefully, but just to have like that option for people. So Saturday, uh, that led into Mistborn House War, didn't it? No, uh, that was that was let yesterday. Me see, let me see. Let oh me see. boy, yeah, Mistborn you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So this was which is the first thing we think we had to do that Friday. Was... So we did big game night at after oh, yeah. the protest. Oh yeah! Oh my god. So we tried to play. Was it Guildhall? Guildhall, Guildhall Alliance by okay. AEG. By AEG, it was one flavor of their Guildhall line of games. This so is Guildhall so line. Should... Okay. Excuse me. So we was... should say uh, in previous AEG game nights that we have seen, and I don't know if you've have you have you been in one before. No. What we had seen is like, hey, it's AEG game night. You pay this much, and you get a bunch of. A box of games. A box of games, kind of like a mystery box, but it's been good deals in the past. Uh, and in previous years, we'd seen just like everybody got in a big line, and you stood in line, you handed in your ticket, you got your box of games, the end. So this year we show up, and me and Matt go up to the guy at the front, and we're like, uh, and he's like immediately telling us, uh, just go ahead and find a seat. Uh, go ahead and find a seat, and we'll be uh, we'll be coming around in a few minutes. Just sit anywhere, and we're right. like, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We just figured yeah, they're just no organizing one, things uh, differently this year. And let me let me just point out when you mentioned that, I felt like just overall, a lot of people didn't really have their shit in order. It seemed like, like we we ran into that multiple times this year. Generally. We did. In fact, we when we got to threads when we tried to find where we were supposed to play threads another game was taking place i had to ask yeah. the guy that was running that luckily he had just answered for the couple we ended up playing threads with that <laughs> oh at the last minute they had to move the people's the people yeah. doing threads over to this other area and so when we we got over there the guy was like yeah we had to we had to get moved yeah. around and he's like oh excuse me for one second and he went over for a few minutes and he came back and was like sorry uh we also paid for electricity so we're making sure they're getting us that set up <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so <laughs> we were like, I was like, yeah, it's understandable. <laughs> and uh, what else did we run? This we ran into that with something else, but I can't recall. Kind of, kind of with darkness well, comes there rattling. Was... We kind of ran into that where we could, we didn't really know the location. Um, and then there was another one where we met Alex and Scott over in a section. Was that for? Was that for Mistborn? 
Mistborn. I don't know if it was on our part or on their part. I think it was on Alex's part. I think he copped to the... So we thought we were playing just a demo of Mistborn, (laughs) which is this game that's about to come out uh, based on the Mistborn universe. Uh, Mistborn House Wars. Yeah. Um, Mistborn being a series of books by author Brandon Sanderson, kind of a prolific... Uh, current fantasy author. Very popular series. Uh, yeah, yeah. As yeah. evidenced by the fact that they're about to come out with a board game, and there's also an RPG, a pen and paper RPG based on the universe. Uh, so I'm sure a lot of listeners have heard of that and probably read Mistborn. So we went to the big game, uh, big game night, which, by the way, like you said, we usually see a long line. We get over there. We don't see no a line. line. So we have to ask like two or three people yeah. like, what do we need to do. Uh, yeah, just set anywhere. But apparently, we'll we can't around. set anywhere. We have to set in a certain section, apparently, yeah. after that point. Um, so, yeah, we sat down and... Uh, there was just, a, like, a game was sitting a game there. there. Guildhall. Uh, Guildhall. They had, they had a section off. Different tables had different games. Right. Uh, but where we sat, that was available, they had this Guildhall Alliance, you said, uh, right? Yeah. Um, so, they had this box out, some cards, and some other stuff. And uh, we see some other people playing to our left. At this point, Justin grabs his head, and he's like, God damn, headache. Uh, yeah. I'd had a headache that I'd been fighting, and it just got getting worse and worse. And then I was got really tired. So, uh, I luckily Guildhall was a four player game, I think. <laughs> so I was like, "You guys play. I'm just gonna sit here." Um, they got uh, the the boys got got Guildhall going, which was a game that none of nobody had played. Well, we got it going uh, with the assistance of what might have been the most annoying. <laughs> I had a, yeah. Just. I was not a fan of that guy's personality. Just, like, pervasive, like, inserting. Yeah, like a waiter who, like, shows up too much. Way too much. (laughs) And tries to make jokes and is like, ah, ha, ha, we're all friends, right? Yeah. Um, While also kind of being condescending if you had to ask him again about something. Yeah. Um, Got this game going. It seemed interesting. Uh, I, I wasn't as down on it, I think, as a lot of people. Uh, Matt well, struggled with the iconography of the game. Well, it's just... It wasn't... Like you said, it was like 8.30 at night. I was kind of like, you guys are reading some shit off to me. I gotta see a turn order. I also right. need to understand the objective. I need to understand, like... And I just... I felt like that game... I felt like I did with Mistborn, where I, I felt like I was getting screwed over because I didn't understand the game. Seemed to think that a lot. Hmm. Yeah, because world screws a, me. a victim complex. <laughs> yeah. Look at him. He's dressed that way. He had it coming to him. Uh, but no, I mean, like, it just... Uh, it it just felt like like it was like oh you can do this you can oh but you can't play and all I had was a, like you can't play the same class or something like that yeah you can't can't play the same class, class of card twice in the same round and so I was all like oh well that's all I got in my hand I've already played every like I had three classes in my card I've played two or something like that and I like yeah I can't I don't I'm not gonna play this other one I can't do it so I just got frustrated with the game and and uh, okay here here's here here was a uh, a moment that I really have to bring up because because it, it was a real delightful moment in interacting with our official like game right instructor helper. guy yeah um you were like uh oh I can't play this card because you you were saying that out loud yeah. or something and he's like no you can do that and Alex is like the rules clearly state and he's like uh no 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 you can you can do that and so Alex hands him the rule book and shows him and he's like 
guess I'm a liar. <laughs> yeah, he goes, and, oh, yeah, you're right. I lied. Yeah. God. He was so sure yeah. that he was right. And he was just Alex so, like, so out, like, angry that he was wrong. I don't, I don't know. He was, it, was, it was the kind of thing where, like, if someone, to me, if someone realizes they're wrong i expect them to be like forthcoming and be like oh i'm i'm sorry you're you're absolutely right i'm yeah. totally sorry and he was he was the kind of person that was very that's very dismissive when they when they're when it's pointed out that they're wrong and it's like no you need to own that you need to own that you were wrong and stop being a douchebag and we were all like you know obviously i had the headache and tensions were frustrations were high because we expected to get our shit and go i know yeah. eric was like really tired at that point yeah i i i'm an early morning riser uh I go to bed around 8.39 most nights. And so, you know, a long convention. We had been up the previous night for a while just uh, yeah. hanging out or something. Um, and and I, w- I was sleepy, uh, admittedly kind of cranky. Um, uh, Guildhall wasn't really clicking for any of mm-hmm. us. So eventually, uh, I-, I think I proposed, like, let's just scoop this. I've got a copy of Love Letter in my bag. About the simplest game you can learn, Love right. Letter. Um, let's just play that for a bit. Uh, played that for a while until we realized, until <laughs> I came to the realization, oh, we could have left at any time. Yeah. We, we, so we, we kind of, I remember at one point I go, I think I just realized that they expect you to sit here for a while until you get your stuff so that you play their games. Which I was wrong about, which I was kind of right about, but wrong about because we saw people like going and just getting their box of games. I don't know when that started. Yeah. But we, we got, we got shooed off. We initially showed up. It had been great if the guy had said like, had basically told us like, there's a raffle. If you want to stay for the raffle, <laughs> he basically just assumed that everybody was there to stay for the raffle, which I guess I can understand. There was but I don't not remember. A who. raffle. There was many raffles. Yeah, it was like a hangout for two hours and play our games while we do a raffle every 20 minutes or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once we realized that was like we could just get our shit and go, it was like, okay, we're going to bebop the fuck out. Uh, I I will say, knowing what they what they want to do... All right, Matt, what's up? I just want to... There are times... There are times where I wish we could, like, split off. You know, like... Like... It's like you're with a group of people and some of that group either doesn't feel well, mm-hmm. has a headache, yeah. wants to go to bed. But but we the, all drove in the same car yeah, from the hotel 10 miles away. And <laughs> it's like okay, and and this is uh, this would be a really good selling point on trying to get a hotel right next to the You know, it's funny. Area. So so yeah, so to all of that, like Matt's entirely right. Like <laughs> it, it we're we're like kind of stuck together. Yeah. And at the end of every day, no matter how shitty we felt, I mean, I'm not saying we felt shitty or yeah. anything. We're at Gen Con, we're having yeah. fun. You still like had to like walk a three quarters of a mile back right. to your car, get in the car, drive back, you know, and then get to bed. And it was weird because I don't we so we went to. I'm just jumping ahead a little bit to tell this little bit. We we went to play uh, uh, Call of Cthulhu, and it was in the JW Marriott, which is like I don't know. It probably had to be a four star hotel. At it's least. a beautiful, hotel. at least huge, like you know, thirty five story hotel. At super least a five hundred dollar nice. a night hotel. <laughs> probably, yeah. <laughs> I, for, I don't base everything on stars. I just base it on the amount of money that you have to pay per night. Yeah, and it reminded me. 
I don't know why. It just reminded me because what I did is I uh, it, it was a use a key card to get to the higher floors. <laughs> that immediately hotel. was how like uh, oh this is some shit I've seen in movies. Yeah, and it was funny because I like got in. I hit the button for like the highest floor I could go to, and it wasn't until after I realized like oh I need a key card that the doors had closed and my button had just unlit because I didn't slide a key card. Luckily, there was a guy going to the thirtieth floor because uh, I just wanted to go up and take pictures. I like I like heights and looking down on things, and it was a great view of downtown. So I got off on the thirtieth floor and I was like. Oh, so nice oh yeah i love staying in ho- nice hotels but we don't bother paying for it because you don't need it yeah. but i was just thinking about blizzcon in 2008 how we stayed right next to the con- convention it was like so nice to be able to just bebop back to the convention to your hotel at any time and there are at least three hotels that connect directly off five, five hotels that connect directly off the convention center so once i started thinking about how i think i'm just gonna like spring to to pay for a nicer room next year just if nothing else we do it one year and it'll be a really great experience that year and if we love the fuck out of it maybe we keep doing it but when i decided that i started thinking about all the things it would be good for and to your point that would have been a great time like we would have been like okay i'm tired i'm gonna go right to my hotel room yeah and i'll be like all right well i'm gonna sit here and play some games yeah and then eric can be like i'm gonna go to bed (laughs) see if i can win some shit off this rattle raffle and then i'll come up later yeah because because to that point i was annoyed with how things went because it wasn't how we expected but i actually think i want to do the aeg game night next year and do what they wanted you to do which is like at the end of the day Pop a squat at a game you want to try out. Play this game while like raffles going off and like every twenty minutes, like, oh, did I win something? Nope. Okay, whatever. And just you know. Well, I mean, that's what we're here to do, right? Play exactly. Uh, so might as well try to win something while you're doing the board gaming, right? Uh, and it was and it was funny too because when when the guys decided like, eh, we're not really filling guild halls. Uh, Eric was like, how about I pop out Love Letter? It's a very simple game. It's also AEG. It's also an AEG product. Yeah. So when the when Mr. Nosy came around again, he was like, "Oh, you guys, you want to play that? You don't like it?" And he's like, "He's like, nah, we're just gonna play Love Letter." And the guy was like, "Well, it's AEG game. Why you do what you want? I don't care." <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just I I always am kind of I'm I'm a little envious of the people that just like are there till like midnight or one a.m. playing games and Jeez. stuff. Uh, I am not. <laughs> well, I mean, like because you think. You're only here for four days, right? It's almost like you wish you could have like a reserve bank of yeah, like sleep infinite energy <laughs> that <laughs> right. you could just like yeah, that'd be great. Have like store it till Wednesday. You come in and you just use up all that energy through the Thursday through Sunday, yeah. and then you, you just know what those crash. reserve banks are called. The fucking uh, monster energy drinks hour, that people just chug the whole time. No dos. You get those at <laughs> truck stops. Yeah. Speed. <laughs> Nothing. Cocaine. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm <laughs> so so scared. I wish um, I had a father. <laughs> yeah. So we we. Uh, Ooh, those I, are nice. I feel like at my behest. Feel them. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I, Why are I, there so many? Uh, there's I'm, some alternate arts and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Um, I feel like partially at my these behest. Are, oh, these, are, these are like... They are weeaboo cards. Are, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, tarot uh, reading? Uh, or I, I'm handing around uh, one of the games which we received in the AEG game night box. Um, uh, 
which is Love Letter. You know what the, you ought to do? You ought to ask the, Lexi to draw me like a set. That'd be a cool uh, idea. Love Letter being the game we were playing before. Uh, we got a really, really beautiful sort of Japanese uh, sumie, I believe, is is sort of the style, is it, the is name it, of the style. Oh, is it you. like almost like a two or three different sets in here? Why do uh, I have like two... Oh, wait, Priestess. You should okay, have okay. You should have two number fours. What the hell's a wizard? Was there a wizard in that other game that we played? Uh, no, it replaces a king, I believe. But see, like there's two princesses? Um, three, three princesses? Matt's naming specific cards, but... Yeah. Uh, they're... Um, it, it, it's, it's a really beautiful giant, like twice the size of normal yeah. cards, twice the thickness of normal cards, set of love letter. Um, I, I, you know, it, it, other, we got four games that came with the AEG oh, box. This game was created by a, what I believe is a Japanese name. Uh, so, so I assume so. Uh, he has a vanity card in, ah, in the deck. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, smacking man. Killing me. He, uh, actually, I think. Yeah, two alternate art cards, three promo cards. Every game, actually. those on eBay. As it turns out, every game we got is by the same designer. Oh, that's (laughs) interesting. Which I never realized till till now. Um, I wish these were little hearts. We got four games, uh, sort of small box, very portable games that, um,. I have only played two of, one of which is Love Letter, uh, another of which is Say Adios to the Villains, a cooperative game Ooh, about... Uh, a game where I tell people how to play. <laughs> um, uh, as I recall, uh, there's a lot of hidden information. Okay. It, it takes place in the Doomtown. Uh, oh, Doomtown. Sort of, you've heard of Doomtown? Wow, yeah, that's an old... That was an old card game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it takes place in that world. Um, I have a Joker from Inquest. All right. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the other games included are Regality and Religion, which is sort of a two-player competitive game, which reminds me of Final Fantasy IX's Triple Triad. Um, and then Eight Epics, which seems to be a sort of dice-rolling, dice-manipulation game. Um, I'm excited to play all of these. I, I like AEG's Pocket Line. I think they're fun little games mm-hmm. that you can whip out during the holidays. Do you think you'll or- give that love letter away? Oh no way. No no no. Uh I think Maybe this, the old I think this love letter will become my home set. This this beautiful this beautiful set. I carry my copy of love letter in my book bag at all times cuz it's the easiest game you can teach and it's a fun way to, you know, even if you're just at the bar or something, you can break out love letter, play it while you're drinking some beers or something. Uh so it's nice to have a second set. Uh well, I was saying I was expecting it to be more of a uh smaller version like yours. Oh yeah, yeah. This uh, I I wasn't expecting the cards to be twice the size of normal cards either, but um, I'm happy they are. I think it's a I think it's a, a really beautiful way to go about. Do you it. think you'll use those other boxes that you got with the? Uh, you got three spare, like yeah, almost like so, so, pockets. So a, the the AG game box came in like a really beautiful like unfolding box. That are they both the same size? Uh. Yes. Okay. Um, there's there's two boxes inside the box, one of which contains seven other boxes, uh, uh, smaller boxes which can be sort of stacked. I think I could find games to slide into these uh, these spare boxes for sure. So um, this, 
I just got to say, I'm looking at the back of Regality and Religion. This might be the new simplest-ass game I've ever seen. The components are two reference cards and 15 cards. Yep. A rule sheet and a play sheet. Five-minute fun Yeah, for two players. It seems super simple. Um, Regality and Religion simply consists of playing... Like, the cards either face you or your opponent. Uh, I haven't opened my cards. I was going to take them out to, to show these guys. Um... Some and excessive packaging. You can play. <laughs> yeah. You, you can, yeah. Uh, well, the the packaging fits nicely in. in right, right. In, they were like the larger they were box, like, we really which need sits to make in something. the largest box. <laughs> we didn't really need to make something else. We only got these other games that can fit in here. We really need to make another one. Um, they can fit. But it seems to be a simple game of trying to turn as many cards to face you as possible, and every card you plays sort of turns maybe a card to, uh, diagonal to it or orthogonal to it or. Like oh, okay. That. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm happy to have gone to the AEG game night, even if I was cranky the night of. It is a great little collection of games, and uh, I'm excited to dig into them. And and it's a beautiful way to store games. I'm not sure what what I'll store in my other AEG game box that came with it, but. Uh, yeah, that's like one board game. It's like one board game worth of box, like but you could have 10, I don't know, easily, easily 14, 12, or 14 maybe? Four, yeah, 14. 14 of those those, those small yeah. box sizes. Yeah. So, you think, yeah. I, I, I'm curious now if AEG is going to come out with more games in that small box to try to play. So AEG there. has a line, uh, a line which is called their, their pocket line. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally they come in those pouches, those pouches yeah. Uh, yeah. or they have in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think any one of those games would easily slot into one of those boxes. I don't know when BGG is. I know Origins is the month before this, usually. So I'm just trying to think of any other conventions where they may do, like, limited edition games or something like sure, that. Sure, sure. Where, yeah. where, where they would release stuff that could go into those boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Christmas or something like that. They would maybe yeah. do some kind yeah. of promotion. But, I mean, if, if this is what AEG Game Night's going to be, it makes sense, too. Big Game Night, like, in retrospect, like, that was that should have been, obviously, the idea that they should have been going for is, like, show up and show up a and big play game games. night. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I would love to do this in the future. Okay. Oh, 110%. Well, hopefully we'll have... Uh, everybody on board to try to get tickets for it next year. Well, it was uh, I was the only person that didn't want to do it because it's, I thought it was just show up and get a bunch of random games, pay us you know thirty some odd yeah. dollars. I'm I'm usually not into that kind right. of loot grab thing, but for the well, raffle and everything, it's fun. It's fun. I, I just think it's a uh, and this and this is and now this is like limited edition. Yeah. So that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. I think it's a really good way to build your collection. On the cheaper side, yes, and also get I mean, especially if you're not one to actually go out and buy these games beforehand, right? Like me myself, uh, I was expecting like a smash up or some kind of new game that I wouldn't that they probably would have had on hand demoing or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've done that in the past, looking at their their stuff, but and I mean, but I don't. Know you did get those. four new games, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Games that we will, I would imagine, almost certainly take over to Kimberly's house. No. Um, so we did that. Uh, we got our games after about 30 or 45 minutes. Uh, we gave our raffle tickets away to uh, a Yeah, Matt, Matt went up to some uh, 
He found Some the little cutest, girls. cutest seven-year-olds he could find, and he was like, "Yeah, he yeah. was like, here you are, sweetheart." He said just like well, that. It's like I wanted to give him. <laughs> I wanted to give it to people that I. I don't know why I'm judging like this, but <laughs> I wanted to give it to somebody that would enjoy them or would seem overly enthusiastic excited about, about it. it. Yeah, about getting that. I didn't want to just give them to like. Here you go, thirty-five-year-old man. Yeah, who probably <laughs> yeah. already owns. Yeah. whatever they're handing Here you out. Go, man, in a kilt. With and a I didn't want to directly oh, yeah, hand them. Definitely don't want to give it. To I didn't want to be the equivalent of come get in my van with this candy. Uh, <laughs> at a, at a, at but, a gen, gen Con, so I gave him to yeah, the dad that had. Yeah, there three was or four there kids. was a dad that had like three girls from I don't know maybe age like eight to thirteen or something, yeah. uh, and they were just hanging out and playing games. Yeah. And to me, that's that's awesome. Yeah, like they came to this. Dad's clearly into gaming and whatnot, and the girls yeah. are like still into it. They're not you know too old to be seen as lame. Think it's lame, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so, so he, I yeah, Matt gave him to the guy, wish, and then the, and one of the girls was like, "Woo, thank you!" I really wish I just the reaction. I really wish I knew if they wanted anything. They off want those. something. Yeah, I hope they did. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so we did that. Um, so then it's Saturday, Friday. yep, Saturday comes. Uh, we get Saturday up. Saturday comes rattling. We do not no. go. We had eight o'clock. Yeah, schedule for the game that Eric wanted to play, which is called Too Many Bones. A sort of dice-based RPG game where your skills added dice to a dice pool. Um, so, sort of as you leveled up, you'd like get additional dice in additional skills, and like the combat and the sort of skill challenges are resolved through the rolling of those dice. So, the short description is: What the heck is a dice builder RPG? Only the hottest thing to hit Gen Con 2016. This is dice strategy like you've never seen before, set in a fantasy realm of mech and tech, with over a hundred plus skill dice. Wow! Yeah, it seemed uh, it, it's certainly the kind dice of builder. That's cool, one yeah. of the hotness on uh, RPG.net or the now, some, the something awful forums. Have you played Quarriers? I have played Quarriers. Is it, it would? Do you think it would play out? I don't know. I don't know anything about Quarriers other than it has a lot uh, of dice involved. I don't think it's. Similar in okay. many ways. Okay. No. Okay. Um, I just know Quarriers is, involves like a bajillion Qu- Quarriers, dice. Quarriers is basically a deck building game, but instead of cards, you have dice. Yeah. Um, mm. This is not. I. I. I can't say. Uh, right. As you'll find right. out in the story, we were all pretty tired by the end of Friday yeah. night. It was a long day. We all just decided, like. For the better of the health of the group, let's not let's not do an eight a.m. game. So, um, uh, so I will uh, hopefully next year I can discover a time to check out Too Many Bones, which is mm-hmm. not eight a.m. because I still think it sounds like a pretty exciting prospect. And again, next year theoretically we'll be in a hotel where, like, if you wanted to get up early and you just sure. bebop over and play some Too Many yeah. Bones, and you don't have to wait <laughs> two hours for all of us to get ready and yeah. then drive. 15, 20, 30 minutes. I'll be able to just rock steady all on my own. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but uh, so we ended up going to the exhibit hall. Uh, myself and you, uh, Eric, uh, we bought uh, the, the the new Hex Shards of Fate poster. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got that out of the way. Uh, <laughs> I believe I went, I went and got my sketch order in. Mm-hmm. With uh, Lexi Douglas, uh, your Gen Con girlfriend. Yeah, totally. 
Cute girl, purple hair. Please never recommend this podcast to her because it would be super <laughs> awkward at the next Gen Con. I think it's okay to say that I have a crush on her, but um, then again, I have a crush now on you secretly any. do hope she listens to <laughs> I have a crush it. on every girl. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of a, a song I really like that's... Uh, uh, the, the the chorus goes, you're just my type, you have a pulse, and you are breathing. <laughs> um, but so, you, you got that squared I away. Um, I checked in with all the hex artists. I believe I think this might have been Friday. Uh, checked in with all the hex artists that we got the list of recently. Uh, not a single one of them. Well, one person had, had sketches of the original art, um, which it was like over $100 for. I'm... I'm not that big of a fan, especially yeah, for the original sketch. art usually goes like I don't like I'm not one for sketch stuff. I am one for like, hey, your ass better ink up that shit. Better <laughs> <laughs> give me the full package, you know. <laughs> don't just give me your napkin drawing. All right, I want <laughs> I want you to put some more effort into that thing, complete it, and then come back to me. Right, Matt. Matt's uh, opinions do not reflect my own. Uh, <laughs> artists work hard, and uh, they do work hard. But I'm just saying, like. It's like, well, the idea, it's like you buy an animation cell, which doesn't usually look like. Even an animation cell is going to be colored. Yeah, but it still is not like as nice as like a printed poster of a a scene or something. You know, the idea is that you're buying the original sketch. Yeah, I was going to say, but a print is a copy. Yeah, exactly. A sketch is the genesis of that piece of art. Right. I don't want the alpha build, all right? Well, I hey, want the you, final draft. Hey, hey right on, brother. Yeah, yeah. Look, I've never bought an artist sketch because they'll always have that little thing. And I always feel bad, too, because like, I'll walk towards it because I'm looking for like the prints, and I'll see that it's the the, the, the den, the, the pen, the, 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 the tin that's got like the 100, 500, you know, 250 yeah. on it. I'm like, oh, okay, go back over this way. <laughs> well, I don't mind buying, uh, like, I really would like to, I really wanted, you know, back when we lived together, I really wanted that uh, dogs playing magic arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I contacted the artist and he was able to get a print of that made for me, uh, specifically for me. Which is awesome. Um, also, the person that had the, there was a bureaucracy card from like Unglued or something. Mm-hmm. You got one of those. I think. Well, I think I ordered that from the same guy. Oh, okay. I think I ordered that, a couple right. prints from him to get that other print. Yeah, which makes sense. But yeah, I really liked that idea. I was like, oh, I really want to get this art. Uh, um, and there are pieces of art that I really like. Uh, I, you know, today I just talked to Alex about how the Karazhan posters for World of Warcraft. I, you know, I really love the thematics of that. Mm-hmm. They're really cool, like opera, like or like like nineteen twenties kind of like movie posters. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, so they're really cool posters, and I I wouldn't mind getting the original art for that. But you know, there's some there's some pieces of art that I would. Pay there's for. a lot of there's a lot of great artists here this yeah. year. Yeah, and like I, I, I and like I we talked I. I'm stopped at that one uh, woman's uh, booth, and I really liked this one piece. It was, it was seventy five dollars. It was limited to one hundred twenty five pieces, I think. But one, I didn't want to have to worry about taking it home. Two, it would never get framed because I haven't got all my other stuff framed. Yeah. Three, it's just like it's like everything else. I end up indulging and buying things, board games. Like like you will you will attest. I have tons and tons of board games that we'll never get around to playing. We need to we need to figure out. Well, Eric's secret is that he works and goes to a college all the time, so he can find like like-minded geeks. Pretty easy way to find friends who 
are into nerdy stuff. Right. Just get your PhD in chemistry. Oh, okay. So we need to go back to school. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't confidently say. I cannot confidently say I'd have a way to find like <laughs> friends who want to role right. play or play board you can games. You make as many as you can now without so have them being in college. Yeah, yeah, backlogged. Uh, but yeah, you just I put think, up one I of think... those uh, pieces of paper that has a little tab on it, right? That you rip off. Like, would you like to play a board game? Call this number, and they just come up and they pull the tab off, <laughs> right? The pull, like yeah, like learn how to play the guitar or whatever. I tell you now, when I lived in Jonesboro. The uh, that's actually not uncommon at game shops for like yeah <laughs> it genuinely it's not yeah um but when I was in Jonesboro uh the friends I made that I that actually got me into advanced quote unquote advanced board board games beyond Monopoly <laughs> um where guys I met at Hastings playing Magic mm. uh, so yeah I think that's I, I don't know we should probably go back to <laughs> Problem is, it's it's unfortunately all too common to go to a game shop and have to like wade through douchey geek types. <laughs> like, there's a type of guy that there douchey are unfortunately too many of, but there are good people there. I just not anyway. to mention, you know, like shoving Febreze up your nose <laughs> prior to that, yeah, to like neutralize game shop smell. But yeah, I don't know. I always feel the siren call when I go to the artist area and when the artist is like right there and I talk to them and I'm like, oh, this piece looks pretty good. You're a uh, human being. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I want to, if nothing else, I like supporting the artist, even if I know that I've got too much art at home that I've yet yeah, to frame or yeah. put up. Uh, so the, the thing, the first thing we did as a group was Mistborn. Mistborn House. On Saturday. House War? Right. Mistborn yes. House War. So this was a Which, Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And we thought it was going to be a demo. Right. And uh, it turns out Alex had signed us up for the first tournament of, <laughs> of, of an unreleased game. Of an unreleased game. <laughs> Which is fine. I mean, it's it's sort of like demo. I, I guess, it I guess up, the it other... It ended up being a demo. Regardless. Yeah, yeah. And I think the other people, the only advantage they had is that they were able to watch the Kickstarter video, I guess, that probably explained how it played. I, I think the rulebook was online, too. So I, I guess there's, they wouldn't have played it before. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it worked out. We still got demoed the game and got to finish it and everything. Yeah. Uh, and, in fact, it, well, so, uh, it, yeah, so we, we, we started that up, learned the game. Um, it is a game. It is a, I mean, it's mostly competitive with, like, hints of cooperative in a Settlers of Catan kind of way. Which is to say that, yeah, which is to say that when it's your turn, you can decide if you're going to try to beat a problem that has shown up on the board and is getting closer and closer to blowing up in everybody's face. Uh, I would say it was closer to Pandemic than... Well, I haven't played or, Pandemic. Yeah, there, there's sort of a direct comparison I could make in a game called uh, Archipelago, but... Um, okay. Any of any board game geeks type of listeners out there will know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, kind of a classic cooperative <laughs> <laughs> type of board game. But um, yeah, Mistborn, uh, as you were as you were saying, uh, the the game presents you with challenges which appear, which have different effects, uh, both upon completion and upon. Eruption is, I believe, the term they used. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it if it got too far, 
and these challenges would appear with different amounts of time left to complete them, different sorts of priorities, different resources required to to complete them, resources which were generated by the uh, titular houses of of the world of Mistborn. Uh, And no one house produced every resource in the game. Uh, They all sort of... I, for instance, was playing House Hastings. No, I take it back. House... I forget. Um, But I was basically a southern plantation owner. I produced a lot of slaves. I produced a lot of food. Wait, was slaves one of the resources? Ska. Oh. Ska is the in-game slave. Huh. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Derp, I didn't pick up on that. Uh, Well, it, it would be hard to pick up having not read the novels of Mistborn, I suppose. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So that was sort of my specialty. And so there were some challenges involving food or labor or something, which I could heavily contribute to. Uh, but in the end, the game was all about completing those challenges to earn um, Val... Favor. Favor, thank you very much. Uh, With the God Emperor, I believe? Uh, Lord Ruler. Okay. The Lord Ruler is sort of a a Warhammer God Emperor type. He's been ruling for a thousand years. Uh, everyone trusts his holy divinity, his, mm-hmm. his right to rule. Uh, but there's been some unrest in the town, and they're trying to overthrow him and the government, and such is the plot line of the board game. Um uh, because you, as a house, could not produce all the goods you desire, um, it it ended up being a game about striking deals with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll offer you this much of the favor I get for completing the card in return for your soldiers, or in return for some money or something. Um, uh, and in this way, you were cooperating but bargaining with each other in the end you you did want the most favor to win the game unless uh the game uh sort of erupted too far civil unrest escalated to the point where the uh, lord ruler was thrown out from his castle and a new government was established at which point the player with the least amount of favor was in fact the winning player um, in the game uh, Matt, uh, I had a difficult faction to play. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm not convinced the game's entirely finished, <laughs> uh, which is interesting because we just competed in a tournament. Yeah. Um, but he came blazing out of the gates, uh, with a pretty evident strategy to bring civil unrest to maximum and have the least amount of favor. Uh, thus- I guess I didn't realize how screwed over a player could get. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I guess, I mean, I didn't, I well, didn't think people could just, like, yeah. All right. In, in, in a game about alliances and, and, and sort of politicking, um, I, I feel like coming blazing out of the gate, making your intentions quite clear, uh, <laughs> is troublesome. <laughs> yeah. Especially in a game. So the, uh, the thing is, is that everybody had a different faction that generated different resources mm-hmm. and drew, a number of cards every every of your turns. Yes. And there was a uh, aspect to the game where you could basically turn off one of their resource generations. Mm-hmm. So Matt made his intention very clear to bring up like 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 Eric said. So pretty early on, 
when a couple of these uh, options to turn off a resource came up, he got piled on and had to shut off like almost immediately. Um, and he could severely only... limited. Yeah, his, his sort of game. And your play. faction could either draw one card a turn or two cards a turn, and those cards had all kinds of effects. Some of were, I mean, they were very game changing. And he could only draw one card because he, I guess, he had better resource production. But of course, we had shut that shit down, so he was kind of yeah. And and his his sort of he wasn't playing a house. He was basically playing the police of the world. So he was immune mm. to the actions of the police, right? Being the police. Uh, uh, you didn't seem to find that to be much of an advantage. No, I mean, you guys weren't affected by it. It didn't seem like that much. Uh, I mean, I can't ever recall where you guys were like, boy, I, if only I was to still ministry, that wouldn't have affected me. Yeah, I think, so, yeah, because it's, uh, it seems like a lot of the effects that were still ministry that Matt could ignore were only if he got targeted with it, as opposed to being something that just hit everybody where it would have been really sweet to be yeah. still ministry. Yeah. yeah. Like, whoo, glad I missed that out. Thank right. goodness I was still ministry. Humorously, a lot of the effects that were targeting were like, give a player uh, a bunch of disgrace. Well, yeah. Matt had already made it clear that he was all about the disgrace. So there was no point in him being immune yeah. To that, because nobody was going to hit him with it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, it just I it think, just it just worked out, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> I think if 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 I was ever to tell somebody, you know, if I was ever to be like, "This is the game," blah blah blah. The one thing you don't want to do <laughs> is if you decide, I, I I think I could win this way. Keep it hidden to yourself. Yeah, don't make it obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Play along. Do as like, everybody else until, like, the very last couple turns yeah, or something like try, that. Try yeah. to not complete much. Just kind of keep to yourself. Yeah. Uh, hope that you do something that attracts disgrace and then act really annoyed with that. <laughs> yeah, maybe just don't don't ever complete anything on your own. Right. Just always be like, I'll take two favor. Yeah. You know, just always taking just... Just a fraction, yeah. To where people think you're in the game, but you know that everybody else has been getting five, six, or whatever, but you've right. only been getting one or two. And then try to get cards like Eric ended up with three cards that could advance all the problems three spaces. Yeah, and he actually attempted a strategy without realizing, well, before realizing it well, wouldn't work. Yeah, I, I, so, I sort of had the strategy building up wherein. I, I wanted to secretly sort of coup the game. I wanted to advance this final problem, which would have caused civil unrest to erupt and and have garnered the least favor, because I was kind of purposefully giving away my resources. I was mm. like, okay, a, f- a favor, two favor, whatever. I knew I didn't have much. Um, but I had kind of forgotten that Matt, in the beginning of the game, had garnered so much um, disgrace. disgrace that he was going to win. No amount of cooing was <laughs> no, going to get no, you. No amount of cooing would, would, because uh, I believe in the process I could garner like eight disgrace or mm. something, but that wasn't, wouldn't compete with Matt's essentially yeah. negative point. I, I like the game. I like the way it plays. I just don't feel like that game is balanced. Sure. I told Justin and I've told Alex, I was like, if I was to ever play that game, if I was to buy that game and play it, I would probably make it either to where the two houses that draw just one card don't exist, or they they draw two cards. I feel like that the library 
the card drawing was way too powerful compared to the resources. Like, it was just, you got so much out of the cards. Like, you got, like, every, like, you, you had the chance to get a card that re- reduced other, the costs to solve stuff by two. Yeah. That's better than just getting one resource. That's two resources, basically. Um, so, I mean, like, to me, the, the power was in the card draws. There was a total, just, like, you were able to negate my stuff multiple times. Another aspect of it is, so I ended up winning the game. Yeah. Um, and I think that the, the, uh, faction that I randomly got assigned was a huge contributing factor to that because yeah. I was, A, I was able to draw two cards a turn. Now, I only had three resource production, but two of the resource was this resource that you could, Essentially a wild card. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. It was a wild card. You could play it as any other resource. Yeah. Now you could turn in any two resource, any combination of any two resource to make Complete one resource of whatever you need. Yeah. But this was, you know, half that at, yeah. for, for whatever I need. So mm-hmm. every time somebody needed either that resource specifically or something else, I was getting like really good bargains on favor in them completing the process. And so I just accumulated favor left and right. And then because I had good card draw, I ended up with a lot of the cards that made favor uh, problems cheaper. And I had the ADM, which traded directly. So I was able to complete a problem, just a lot of problems just straight up on my own. Like, I'll take all this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think Scott said he looked and saw that your house, uh, house venture, is the name of it, yep. and uh, the one that Alex played were usually number one or number two. Yeah, which is a bad sign. Yeah, that that shows. Yeah, you need some balancing there, yeah. probably. Yeah. But I mean, it's like if everybody's playing McCree or Diva, you know, yeah, you got some, or yeah, yeah McCree and McCree and uh, who else would be the other one that would be one that should, they they had to nerf or something like that. I don't remember who else. They nerfed Widowmaker. Yeah. Really? Hmm? Yeah. They nerfed. They nerfed her body shot damage, and they increased her headshot damage. Oh, okay. She was a, she was an auto pick on most competitive teams, oh, but okay. but yeah, uh, I hate her. Ult- I never thought her ultimate was too, that good. I Knowing where everybody I, is, yeah, I couldn't disagree. More but I'm talking I, about compared feel, to like Hanzo, like, which can do it every ten seconds or something. I, I feel seconds. I feel like Widowmaker's ult can change games, but I don't know. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, but because I won, I got a copy of the Mistborn Adventure RPG mm-hmm. uh, and a poster, uh, which I handed the Adventure RPG to Eric because not only is he a reader, but he's an avid adventure uh, and a pen and paper RPG player. Yeah, and was interested in it anyway. Yeah. I'm always looking for interesting. I I picked up. A total of three new RPG systems at the con, <laughs> so I'm always looking for interesting new RPGs. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And gave the poster to Alex because he's a big uh, Sanderson fan. Yeah, yeah. I can say hands down, I could probably make the proclamation that for the next, if we were to come to Gen Con for the next twenty years, Eric would always be the one to spend the most money at Gen Con. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Um, well, I actually would not take that bet because I can see Matt finding some angle and 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 yeah, pouring a it, bunch of money in, into in, something he thinks he can investing get money back out of. Yeah. in <laughs> Gen Con futures, essentially. Right. Yeah, I'm telling, um, I'm telling you, making those pulls at True Dungeon could pay off hey. if 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 you could get those three hundred fifty dollars chips or yeah. whatever. You know, yeah. like I'm I'm telling you to 
speak to your financial advisor before making these sorts of decisions. Um, but you guys aren't wrong. I think I ended up with, let's see, five new books and two new board games, not counting AEG's big game night box. So plenty, plenty of stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's part of why I, go. I, you know, primarily go to Gen Con because I, I get to see you guys. I get to hang out with you guys and it's a social experience. But it's also a place where I can get lots of stuff that I can't get elsewhere. <laughs> so, right. Yep. Yeah. And, and to the to the point I was making earlier about Gen Con is uh, as, a, as an industry industry event, there are a ton of games that uh, come out at Gen Con. And so, for example, we played Call of Cthulhu, which we'll talk about here in a second. Yeah, I guess that was after Mistborn, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, I liked it, but not necessarily enough to buy it at the convention because it was like... $30 per... $30 per book, per and you need book. a DM book and a player book, essentially. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, I'll just see what it's like on Amazon, what it is on Amazon, and couldn't find it, and then Eric was like, well, yeah, because it just came out, and you can only get it Yeah, like they Gen print, Con right they now. They printed those books for Gen Con. Yeah. The, the wide release should be in a couple months, from what I'm hearing on forums and stuff. And you but. picked up um, Max uh, Timken's new game. I did. Secret um, Hitler. Secret Hitler. It's Which a, you it's kickstarted. A, I, I kickstarted. I'm pretty much always willing to kickstart Max Temkin projects because he's built a community of trust. Um, he puts out quality products. Say what you will. Uh, Cards Against Humanity is a quality product. It can get kind of old. Yeah. Um, but a few beers in and you don't care anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Max... Uh, but uh, he's produced uh, Exploding Kittens, uh, a pretty hit. The Oatmeal Game. Uh, the art by the Oatmeal. Oh, just the art. Gameplay okay. by Max Temkin. Okay. Uh, I haven't played that, is it? It's a fun card. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Yeah. It, it it's, had a really cool box for the Kickstarter, like meowed or something. <laughs> you yeah, it had a pretty, uh, yeah, hilarious box. Um, uh, and then uh, Secret Hitler is his sort of take on the hidden role genre, mm-hmm. uh, one that's been kind of explosively popular, I would say, in the mm-hmm. last decade uh, with the emergence of One Night Ultimate Werewolf, Resistance, Avalon. Um, if you ever played Mafia or Werewolf in, for me, it was always on choir trips or, you know, I, I always hear like church groups or something. Um, it's sort of a mass game of deduction in which someone or a small group of people is secretly bad guys mm. and you're trying to root them out. Uh, in this case, um, there's some secret fascists in 1930s Germany who are trying to get Hitler elected into the position of chancellor. Um, and the liberals, uh, wouldn't you know it, are trying to stop that from happening. Uh, it's... Along the same lines, you know, secret roles. Uh, everyone's claiming to be a liberal. You know everyone isn't. Um, we've we played one brief game with the minimum number of players, I will say. Um, mm. uh, it What's the maximum? Ten. Oh, oh wow. It up to ten. Okay, and, yeah. And I think it could be a lot more dynamic in that way. Um, Wait. Ten players? Mm-hmm. Man, that game could end before a player even gets a turn. Like, as... Technically, I suppose. Because a, a, a policy is enacted every turn, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That would go fast. Anyway. Well, uh, the, the, no, no matter what, I mean... Yeah. I, I, 
Yeah, I mean, Sorry, I didn't mean everybody's Yeah, if you were playing a 10. Beautiful sunset. If you were playing 10, it would definitely definitely have a chance, a good chance for before that 10th player gets their turn right? and that, that, that game is over with. Any more than you, you don't definitely only get one, probably. Um, I would like but to see that play tested. Extremely flavorful. Uh, beautifully done. Um, probably will be. I th- Obviously, I haven't exposed my group to it, just picked it up, but. Mm-hmm. I think it will probably replace Avalon uh, for us, uh, and I think it's a lot more dynamic, a lot more sort of points of deduction and points of uh, what's the word I'm looking for, like lying. Uh, oh, subterfuge. Yeah, like points of subterfuge that can happen. Uh, one player hands off two. They select two of three policies to hand to another player. And they can be like, oh, crap. All these policies are fascist policies. Of course, they could be lying out their teeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, the the chancellor who receives those policies has to enact one of them into law and says, oh, crap. They're both, you know, one one could just as easily be a liberal policy. But if they're in cahoots with each other, they're like, oh, you, what what can you do? Uh, here, right. All here, fascist Here policies. comes a fascist policy. Um and 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 there's a lot of fun to be had there in interacting, trying to figure out well who's the bad guy. Right. Uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Uh, last night we, after Mistborn, we went to play Call of Cthulhu, which is a pen and paper RPG, but it's been around forever. Do you uh, know when the first edition came out? It's been around since the '80s. Wow. Uh, okay. It's not Dungeons and Dragons old, but it's. A GURPS contemporary, perhaps. Like, okay. it's, it's, it's been around. Yeah, Uh-oh. that's, um, I guess it could be set whenever you want to set it, but it's commonly. Tra- traditionally, it's Roaring Twenties, Dirty Thirties mm-hmm. sort of time frame. Yeah, very, um, well, Lovecraft. When, when Lovecraft was writing his books. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you've got sort of the start of the technological revolution, simple mm-hmm. cars. Um, radios have started to exist, um, but they're large transistor radios. That that sort of that sort of interesting noirish setting. Um, now for our con game, uh, it was sort of a small contained event where we uh, we were all resident, uh, all of us but Matt were residents of a boarding house. Ma Skank's boarding house, yeah. uh, as it were, during the Depression. Uh, no one among us particularly wealthy or famous or anything. Um, but we had a a fellow boarder who we hadn't seen in a couple days. Uh, and we all had sort of our own motivations to figure out, hey, what's going on? Right. So we all, the, the, the prompt was that we, uh, the detective shows up and the landlord unlocks the door. Officer. Officer, I keep wanting to call you detective. Uh, I guess because of the noir, I keep thinking yeah. detective. Uh, and we open the door and uh, find the person of interest dead. Uh, and then we all have our own diff- distinct interests and mm-hmm. motivations, uh, both outward and hidden. Yeah, so uh, Mike, I, I sort of... Uh gravitated toward this character called the nosy neighbor. Um, I sort of invented a uh, old spinstery lady uh, 
named Moira who uh, who just had to know the gossip on, on oh, yeah. everyone, and yeah. that and that those sort of details were were roughly laid out on my sheet. So I was just trying to figure out what happened, just tossing out crackpot theories about you know. Um, uh, what could have happened and right. scrambling through letters to having find disparaging out. opinions about <laughs> yeah. him and everybody probably <laughs> oh naturally um uh you were our landlord right yep yeah and uh matt was detective no not detective officer, officer frank, frank castle. castle uh with wife and kid at home <laughs> with, yeah with still. wife hopefully uh, it's, yeah, who knows it might have been that night uh <laughs> And Scott was kind of a kind of a, 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 a hard boiled type of character, like like a immigrant tough guy, tough guy, yeah. Bauer, something Bauer, yeah, Bruce wasn't Bauer, Jack Bauer, I know Bruce Bauer, yeah. And his motivation was basically to see what he could pilfer to sell to pawn to help support his family, yeah. Uh, and then Alex was a bookstore owner who had loaned. Uh, the person of interest, some books. So I he not remember his his character's name. Alex's name, character's name, Frank something. It was Luke Lukia Luke something. Oh, right, yeah. Luke. Man, I can't remember his name at all. Yeah. I mean, Mister Danks, right? Or Mister? Oh yeah, I was Mister Dirks. Dirks, Dirks. And uh, so we go in. Love like Lint biscuit. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and the, 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 it was interesting. As as someone who's played you know pen and paper RPGs, the 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 system was pretty straightforward. It's it's, I mean, it wasn't a gr- there was a map kind of like a, lo- a, 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 a loose, loose sketch of yeah. the room just so you could have an idea of what's in there. But it wasn't a grid based your turn, your turn, your turn. It was kind of like do what you think your character would do, um, and we could interact with each other. And if we uh, if what one character wanted to do conflicted with another character, you could like do like a per- and it wasn't persuade, but it was uh, I don't know. It's like a, w- a willpower check or something. Yeah, and then yeah. you like had to beat that. Um, and the the system, the way the system works is mostly ten sided and six sided die. You would roll a ten sided die to create a percentage, like a 1 through 100 possible result. Yeah, you would roll two, two, two yeah. ten-sided dice to create a 1 through 100 result. And all your skills were rated on essentially a percentage scale. So like, oh, if I'm trying to do something stealthily, I have a 65% chance of, of succeeding. So I, I'm so, trying... the, so you're actually going for a low roll. Yeah, you're actually trying to get under 65 um, so the higher your skill, the better it is, because it's easier to exactly. encompass that. And uh, then you also had like you could you could have like a success, a hard, hard success, success, and a great success, extreme, extreme success. So like for example, if you had like a thirty in uh, first aid, you might have an eighteen, which would be a hard success, and a five with an extreme success, and results based on those things and you know the the characters are kind of wandering around the room and investigating things and having their own motivations until the bookstore bookstore owner finds a book written in greek and start black or sorry black leather cover no title Mm -hmm. the in the interior of which is in greek right and i guess he read some of the some, yeah, some, some part text of it. describing 
ritualistic spirals which could be carved as protection runes so that mm. the body could cross into this realm of dreams. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and we should say that the body was found seemingly mutilated with these strange runic designs into his chest. Mm-hmm. So after Alex's character reads this, uh, the body gets lurches up and begins to unpeel. The skin just begins to unpeel with like blue light glowing out of that yeah. off his head. Yeah, sort of like spiral. Like if you ever right. seen like a spiralizer, like the vegetable thing, like essentially that with his skin. It actually yeah. kind of remind me of those weird, like the weird Japanese comics that you'll come across online, use with like spirals and things like that. Who knows what the fuck this guy is looking at? I guess I'm. Yeah, I guess right. I'm not entirely hate, familiar with. This that, is what but. I would hate to do, and that would be to go into Justin's browser history. For just a day, <laughs> like a Saturday. I'm going to send you the, and just send you look, guys the spiral comic. And just be look like, up, Look oh. up Japanese horror, horror manga spirals. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so once that happened, we began combat. And I should say that there were all kinds of... The, 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 the game system has... You have your hit points... But arguably more importantly, you have your insanity points. <laughs> sanity, not or your, insanity. your sanity points, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Which started like I mean, it was different for everybody, but started around thirty or 50, maybe it was. I guess it was around sixty, wasn't it? I feel uh, like I dropped down to fifty six or fifty three or something. You might be thinking of your luck. I feel like I started around thirty sanity. Sanity, okay, yeah, possibly because then the other thing you had was a a luck uh, count, luck points or something. <laughs> You could, um, at at any point, if something crazy happened, uh, you had to roll a sanity check, and if you got under, you might still lose a little bit of sanity. But if you failed the roll, you would lose a bunch of sanity, and then sanity effects yeah. might begin to happen. Yeah, if you lost enough sanity, based on like basically a, a, essentially a percentage of your total sanity, you could gain a psychological trauma. Mm, yes. Yeah. Uh, and also, when you rolled, you could push your luck. So, for example, if you missed a roll by, like, seven, you could actually spend seven luck points to then just barely succeed if you really wanted to push that. So I thought that was... I, As far as systems, that was my favorite aspect of it. I've never seen that in a pen and paper RPG yeah. where you can, like, spin points to kind of influence a roll. And that's new as far as i know to seventh edition really that's that's a fairly new addition to call of cthulhu um i haven't played call of cthulhu since like sixth grade so i'm speaking from from a pretty old perspective but uh it is a great system i couldn't agree more you can also if you if you really screwed up and you don't want to spend all of your luck points uh but you really want to succeed for whatever reason you could push your luck which allowed, way. yeah, which allowed you to, you justify to the DM why you should succeed, essentially, and you roll again. And if you succeed, good, you succeeded. If you fail after you've pushed, uh, something in, in the words of our dungeon master, something spectacularly bad will happen. <laughs> uh, we never got to see what that might be. Uh, but I mean, there's no telling. I, I think he said usually like some sort of bodily injury or mental injury. Or, right. Yeah, yeah, You'd yeah. probably immediately go insane or something. <laughs> uh, so once this thing got up, we went into combat, which was really fun because, again, like when you're playing a D&D type game, 
you go into combat, all your characters are aligned generally. Like, it's generally accepted that you're all pretty much have the same goal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you go into combat, and it's like, okay, we're all in this together. Let's try and kill this monster together. In this, it was really fun because, first of all, you don't really know each other. So there, I didn't feel like there was any allegiance to anybody. Um, so you had, and depending on where we were, we had free reign to do whatever we thought we might do. Well, your, your character certainly had one allegiance. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, unbeknownst to the others and actually even to myself, um, because, uh, I was just like, Oh, I'll be the landlord. I'm Mr. Dirks, blah, blah, blah. I look over in the back and it's like, Mr. Dirks is in love with James Gardner, the person of interest, like. And, you, and it was basically like you can either decide if you're a female and it's just a you know a, a standard heterosexual relationship, or if it's you know forbidden love because again this is like the 30s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I just I just like played right into that. Like I was like in full shock when we find his body and in tears. I for a minute I pondered going through the turns through the stages of <laughs> stages uh, of grief, of grief <laughs> but quickly decided like some of the other ones didn't make sense. So I just went to the straight to the anger and. But so this thing gets up and Eric's landlady character just like freaks out and jumps just like spinster. Oh, not landlady yeah, spinster. Yeah. yeah. Uh, jumps into the wardrobe and slams the door <laughs> shut. When it gets to Scott's turn, the, the brawny type guy, he tries to get the wardrobe open, but the spinster is like, I like to imagine like all her adrenaline yeah, strength yeah. is going. Uh, it, it was an opposed role and I ended up getting an extreme success. Yeah. Like, like rolling the bottom few percent of that die. And so it's like, yeah, all, all my incredible strength, all 80, er, 58 years of experience went into keeping that cabinet closed. <laughs> uh, Alex's character went temporarily insane upon reading the words and glimpsing probably another realm. Yeah. Uh, and went full on, this is my book. This is, this is my book. This is like, my book. It's this, all that matters. All that matters is this, is book, this book and me having this book. Um, so that was his motivation. Uh, Shortly afterward, the monster... Uh, Actually, upon seeing the unraveling event, uh, I guess the DM rolled a die, and Matt got hit with a, an insanity trauma, which was instant blindness. Yeah, apparently I was blind forever. Which was hilarious. You because were blind of for course, five rounds. <laughs> which was, which was long enough. Yeah. Which was hilarious because, of course, Matt being the cop is the one with the gun. So yeah. he just two starts... Guns at, two guns at that point. Right. Yeah. A gun I found... Which I had my possession at the time of insanity, mm -hmm. and then my own firearm. So he starts firing in the direction of the monster. Yeah. Uh, ends up critically failing, which is a 1 in 100 chance, because right. a critical fail only happens when you roll all zeros on your dice. Yeah. So, Which is funny, because he fired... Got like nailed the monster, yeah, and yeah. on the next shot, the gun just like blew up, blew up in his hand. <laughs> yeah. Or mal so, yeah, malfunction and backfire and did some damage. Did five damage to me. Uh, but yes. Uh, and then my character, I was like, oh, there's a bookshelf here. I'm just going to push the bookshelf over on the monster, which was fun. Uh, and the monster, because it had certain, like, it ended up, there was only a certain way you could hurt it was, like, doing cool stuff. Like, like the bookshelf, like, fell against his aura and just kind of, he was able to just hold it up with his aura and push it off of him. And, yeah. and then my character went insane in such a way that I, I thought, I only thought it was my love, James Gardner, again. 
and yeah, you everybody's didn't, you didn't trying see to... a monster. You you saw James, right? Yeah. Just needing some help. You know, it's just James. He just you know. Why is everybody attacking? Why is everybody attacking James? So, yeah. So it ended up like it, it actually got really hilarious because then Eric like looking look Eric Spinster is looking around for a weapon. Gets a like a I think you got an extreme success. Yeah, I I broke apart the well, curtain rod. Well, hold on. Oh, sorry. I ended up shooting. All my stuff, I think. I ended up shooting another three di- bullets. Ended up one shot went off wild, went into the wardrobe, yeah. and struck Eric's character. Dealt critically. max damage, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not max, but ten, uh, nine damage out of the ten possibility. Uh, for, uh, for context, I had yeah, about major 12 wound. health total. So. <laughs> major, had a major wound, and I was trapped in a wardrobe, bleeding to death. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was <laughs> quite then, some chaos. And then, yes, Eric Eric's character went in search for some form of weapon, you know, just distraught with whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, oh I, yeah, you I, went insane, too. I, I went insane. I went paranoid, uh, thinking all of you were out to get me. You you had led me to this room to trap me with the monster. Uh, I was out to for get some you, reason. for sure. I was. <laughs> Your character apparently <laughs> yeah, was that didn't out help to get things. me. Um, and so I broke apart the curtain rod into a makeshift spear. I popped out, popped my head out of the closet at one point and saw someone's face being slammed into the closet. Yeah. So <laughs> at my t- on my turn, I uh, what ended up happening is that Alex's character was fighting with the monster and had gotten a punch off, and then Scott ran up and punched the monster. So of course, to me, I'm seeing them attacking James. The, uh, James, so I just tried to t- tried to tackle Scott, but I had I missed, and Scott had like either a hard success or a critical success. So he he wanted to like grab me and use me use my body to beat the monster with, which I thought the GM was going to be like, well, maybe not quite. Yeah. No, he was like, no, critical success. You're like slamming <laughs> the landlord into the monster. So while I'm being like thrown like sw- sw- i don't know swerved back and forth i come into view of crazy uh spinster paranoid lady who stabs me with a spear yeah yeah I, I see this crazy face come into view being like thrown around and i'm like oh jesus so i just stab him with the spear roll max damage yep uh which critically wounds you yep yeah um yep and then matt fires off the rest uh, more of, bullets the rest of my gun yeah killing me yeah. yeah, finishing off the spinster lady. Right. Uh, the Alex tries to get away. The monster grabs Alex by the nape of the neck, like just his whole back of his neck, and is holding him. Um, when the police backup shows up. The police backup shows up, sees the monster, just well, fires. You died, didn't you? Yeah, I died. Yeah. <laughs> um, fires crazily, killing Alex and the monster. Uh Officer now de- now promoted now to detective, detective Frank Castle like survives. Months later, yeah. Uh, Mr. Bowers is basically framed for <laughs> yeah, the whole I basically, crazy. I basically apparently uh, was like, you know what, that guy with the record over there, he shot <laughs> everybody here. Um, so that was a blast. and that's how it ended. And that was really fun, and I I definitely I think that's the kind of game. That you could introduce uh, people to who are like, ah, I've always heard about D and D or one of those kind of games. I think I might kind of want to play it. I think that's a game. That's a really good game to throw them into because it's very easy to learn. Um, I mean, you could 
we had characters handed to us. You could create your own character. But I actually think it'd be fun, especially in a setting like that where you're introducing new people, to just do what the RGM did, which was have a bunch of character sheets loaded up. Like, what do you want to play? Get into this role. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to kind of have an outline of out for the the end of that story, you know? Yeah. And it um, and it's like a survival horror kind yeah. of. Uh, I, I, I told Scott that I enjoyed it, but n- I, I'm more into being against something than I am surviving against something. I'm more of being the hero fighting against things than I am just trying to, trying to make things stay alive or make myself stay alive. Oh, okay. Um, well, I think a game like that has room for heroics. Yeah, sure. And I think in a more long form, like if you were like, hey, let's spend, you know, like four or five hours playing this and maybe well, come back it, the next three weeks. It seemed like it was just... It went, it, it, it went crazy downhill, but he pushed it downhill pretty hard, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like no matter what, you're going to go insane eventually. Like... Because he's like, you lose insanity. Probably. You lose insanity. You lose. In- Everybody's going insane in the You're losing sanity. You're losing sanity. Everybody's losing. But I also think that a lot of the fun You're was the idea of you know one night of playing this and just like enjoying seeing how things go crazy <laughs> and people like playing that out and mm-hmm, having fun with mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. in different scenarios. And maybe next week you've got maybe like the story continues, but like now you're playing these characters. What do these characters do? So we wrapped up last night playing Bloodboard. Until oh yeah, deep into the night. I think that's a fun game. Yeah, Bloodborne. Um, Bloodborne. For, for reference, Bloodborne, the card game. Right, based on no, Bloodborne. No, we the... on PlayStation. We were... <laughs> <laughs> uh, based on Bloodborne, the PS4 uh, action RPG. So. Uh, Scott bought Bloodborne. Uh, he wanted to play it, so we we played it in the hotel lobby. Uh, f- Thirty to fifty minute game that lasted at least an hour and a half before we called it. Oh, easily uh, two we... hours, I'd say. Yeah, more than. Yeah. Okay, so. But uh, we we were up till one a.m. Yeah, in yeah. classic board gaming style, like it took everything took longer than we expected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there there's some and that I, that's a competitive. You could say it had some cooperative, cooperative but I would say mostly competitive. Like, you're really yeah. competing to kill monsters. You, mm-hmm. you just also happen to all have the same target. <laughs> yeah, so. That was interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. I played it again. Distinct. Um, kind of a, not sort of like a deck builder, but more like a hand builder, because yeah, you're not drawing Yeah, yeah like, you, you were giving yourself over the course of the game more actions to choose from. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And And so, but once you used an action, you weren't allowed to use it again until you essentially refreshed your whole hand, which right. meant you couldn't attack the monsters. Uh, so, Which means you didn't get rewards for when yeah, the monster was defeated. Because attacking the monster is how you essentially got the victory points of the game. Yeah, I did very poorly. Um, <laughs> but it was it was a good time. I, I enjoyed the game. Yeah. Which brings us to today, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Today, uh, uh, a pretty lazy Sunday, as most are at Gen Con. Gen Con is only open... For half four, the day on yeah. Sunday, essentially. Uh, yeah. Open till four. Uh, I knew after last night I wanted to pick up Call of Cthulhu. Uh, so I did so. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to escape room first. 
Oh, you know what? We absolutely did. Yep, that, that was the only thing we had scheduled. It was off-site. I mean, it's just like... I mean, yeah, they have most people own, have heard of escape rooms at this point. They have their own... They're, like, they're permanently set up. Yeah, it's a company in Indianapolis. In Indianapolis. Right. This, is, this uh, escape, right escape the Room. Which is very convenient for them, right? I mean, it was just like a block away, or a couple blocks away, couple from, blocks away from the convention, the convention center. So uh, we signed up to this through the uh, Gen Con website. We got tickets for it. We went over there. Uh, we do the jailbreak scenario, uh, which was very fun. I mean, I you 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 get loaded up. You you don't. I I've never done. I mean, we did the True Dungeon last year. Uh, myself, uh, Justin, I, Eric, you haven't done one yet, have you? I mean, this is your first. Assignment. I did one in like 2009 with oh, okay. PC Gamer. Okay. Oh, well, when they first was, started getting when they were first starting a thing, it was much less elaborate than this. Yeah. Much more mm-hmm. sort of Professor Layton yeah. weird, obscure. Oh, okay. so it was very yeah. interesting because I didn't know what to expect. I just I figured we're in a room. It's called Escape Room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in a room and we have to figure out puzzles. Or a puzzle or whatever. Uh, so we get into this, uh, we get a story, backstory. Uh, basically, we're framed for something. We got, we're arrested. We're in a jail cell. We need to find the proof of our innocence and get out of the jail. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so we're in, we're all in the jail cell. They lock us up for an hour, and we have to figure out how to do all this stuff. So we're in this jail cell. We're like looking all over the walls. Yeah, and like things written on the walls. Oh, pretty much everything. Nothing's off limits as far as where something could be a clue. Yeah. There's what, some some stickers on. For, don't don't look at some things. Don't right. Some things. They were like basically. They were like people look. will try to tear this thing apart. So yeah. please, just we've just told you that there's nothing, there's nothing here. here. There's nothing in the Don't city. don't try to tear uh, our things apart. Don't take the ceiling tiles off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, we, they had there was there was some funny warnings. Like he was like, if you get really angry, don't punch a wall and put a hole in the wall <laughs> and i started giggling and he's like yeah you know if we're telling you this it means somebody did it at some point so we just want to put that warning out there yeah so we ended up uh going through all this stuff finding stuff we found some clues we uh unfortunately have to use a couple of hints on some very obvious things um, yeah, just because we, we, you know, you're on a time limit and you're getting kind of like, I, we can't figure this out. We just need to do something to move the clock. Yeah, so we didn't want to get so hung up that we couldn't complete right. the room. And there were sort of they 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 had it phrased as three free hints. Every other hint would take three minutes off your time. Yeah. So, so we get to a point to where we've looked all around. We we we've, we've got some components kind of figured out, but we just can't get to the stuff that we need. We need a little bit more information. So, used up a hint around the 45-minute mark. Um, found out, yes, we didn't look hard enough in a certain area. Yeah, there was a key sort of stuffed in the corner of a bed frame. Yeah. Right? So, uh, we got that key. We were able to unlock another thing, get uh, combination. We entered this combination, and all of a sudden, a secret door opens up. Right. Just one, one which... I had no idea existed. Yeah. yeah. It, it, like, was like, I mean, it was utterly surprising. Yeah, it was like part of a wall just... <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, what What did that do? Oh, wait, what the hell? There's a door open over there. Yeah. So, I think yeah. That, I, I would say that was the best part when that, like, opened yeah. up. I think I was so. Like, Especially because <laughs> I wasn't facing it. I was facing the opposite direction because we had sort of changed... We had turned a bed into a makeshift table. Yeah. yeah. And, like... <laughs> 
Which I, I saw you guys look past me, and I'm like, what? And I turned around, and I'm like, oh, God, there's no wall. Uh, yeah. yeah, so... It was... So we put that into the keypad, right? Yes. It's very odd that they had... I mean, let's be realistic. Oh, Hopefully yeah, man. Hopefully there's not the a gel that has falls... an exterior keypad the that whole, opens... The whole thing falls apart if you start to apply any yeah. kind of real-world logic I mean, to the, it. The evidence of our innocence was a piece of paper that said evidence of innocence. <laughs> it was like a vi- villainous monologue, like, hey, yeah. let's frame these people to, for murder, and then and we'll kill this guy and frame these guys for it. We'll get all this money. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> CC Police Department. Yeah. Yeah. B- yeah. Blind CC. Hope no one finds this because it'll prove that we're the bad guys. We're framing yeah, these people. Right. Yeah. Signed bad guys. Yeah. Signed the full names of all the people yeah. involved in the, cons- With, in the conspiracy. Oh, I've attached my driver's license IDs. Should we get this notarized? As well we as. Yeah. I'm a, a notary. Oh, it's perfect. A picture of me holding up this newspaper to authenticate. <laughs> um, but yes. Um, so, yeah, we, we go through like several, uh, two more rooms mm-hmm. uh, beyond the jail. Another fun just, part is in the last room. It was like uh, there was a hint that said the light will reveal, like the the Caribbean account, Ca- Caribbean account number. Yeah, yeah. And so for some reason, I was looking for a black light. I yeah. was looking for a black light everywhere. Yeah. So then you were like looking at the counter and thinking like, oh, look at how the light glitters on that, yeah. and that made <laughs> I, someone else think like, oh, let's turn the light off. <laughs> yeah, because uh, uh, um, I was really obsessed for a while with a game called The Witness. It's a it's a video game. And there is a uh, spoilers. Fast forward a couple minutes. Should you care? Um, I kind of care. I haven't played, but you can be abstract. I think maybe uh, there are puzzles that involve uh, reflecting the sun. Okay. Uh, okay. There. Um, and so I was like, oh god, is there going to be like, like something you couldn't normally see but you know how sometimes like you can't see a fingerprint on your phone but if the sun's reflecting off it you're like oh my god yeah it's so obvious essentially i was like oh i wonder if that's gonna be like (laughs) i thought that the first in the first uh in the jail cell when i took off the mattress off the top i was like oh this like with the mattress on top it stops the light from shining through so i was like oh shit this might be like the light coming through the oh, top right. part may show something or something significant, mm-hmm. but did not pan out that way. Yeah. So eventually, it's always someone... frustrating when you have a really good idea <laughs> and there's nothing there. You're so like, eventually, oh. someone just turned off the lights. <laughs> yeah, and it's and there was a black light somewhere which uh, revealed writing on the wall. Yeah, like glow in the dark paint or something. Yeah, uh, and that was cool. Kind of creepy. Yeah, <laughs> but that gave us an account number which we could enter into a like padlock. Which unlocked a key, or which opened, and there were keys in there, and we could use those to open another lock. Yep. <laughs> there were a lot of, like, getting the key or combination to open the next yeah. lock. Yeah. And eventually unlocking a safe, which had both the jail cell key and our proof of innocence. Yep. So that was that was good. We, it was very well put together. Uh, nothing felt uh, janky or cheap. Like, the hint button was this big plastic lit, lit up button that you hit and would give you the number of hints left. And yeah, yeah. when we did that, there was like a, there was a screen outside the, the jail cell that gave you your time and also a place where, uh, our organizer, our, our helper guy, uh, dungeon master essentially. Yeah, basically would like put a text for a hint up on a screen for us. 
Uh, and we also had a walkie-talkie for that guy, so he could like tell, like if we used a hint, he might tell us, like, okay, look at the screen, or, yeah, like, or think like, about this, or or like if we were about to do something stupid or breaking yeah. breaking the rules, or just something. reminders, yeah. like don't fuck with this thing up here because you're, there's nothing there. Please don't, yeah. please yeah. don't break that. <laughs> there was a there was a toilet in the jail cell, <laughs> which uh, Scott was like, well, we should probably reach down in here, and there was no clue down there, but there were fake turds, in, <laughs> which is a pretty great touch. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, so that was fun. I think. Do you I don't think, see any reason? Would you, if they would have filled it up with water, would you the have, entire escape room? No, no, no. The toilet. Slowly. I don't think I would have made it. <laughs> that toilet. Do yeah. you think? Do you think any of us would have reached our hands in there? Oh, one hundred percent. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about the whole time before Scott did it. Like, so yeah. Oh man. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Get over it. It was a little weird because I was also like, yeah. I wish they had put. They didn't specifically, I don't remember them specifically putting don't touch signs on it. So no, I was don't like, touch signs around like the toilet. Right. Yeah. And he know. specified like don't tear the toilet up. It's a real toilet. But because it's the toilet, I was like feeling around the underneath of it and then, mm-hmm. then thinking like, well, he had to specify don't use the toilet. So I'm sure someone, somebody's pissed or shat into this thing for real that they had to clean out. But I was like, there might be a clue under here. <laughs> yeah, like, how sanitary? Have you guys wiped this down? Yeah, have you like, really got this clean? They didn't um, want to leave any, any turd left unturned. Why can't this jail cell have sanitary wipes? But, uh, yeah, I think we all really enjoyed that. And oh, I yeah, don't see any was, reason. That was a blast. We wouldn't want to do that again. Yeah. I want to get... Interrogated by the, the KGB. KGB. You really want to do that one, huh? <laughs> I really The do. one that only 3% of groups have been able to solve. We, yeah, we got outside and I'm, I guess there was, there was a guy that was demoing a board, like a card game out there. Yeah, weirdly enough. I don't know if that was just the only space they could get for him. Well, he may have something to do. Like, he may be the owner of the escape sure, room or sure. something. Possible, yeah. And he has built this game, and so he f- might have taken the liberty to... Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But he was... He 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 says he's, he's, they've watched all kinds of... Because, yeah, he did have a lot of information about the uh, escape room and yeah. the numbers and what. And apparently, the only people during the convention to have solved the KGB was none of all the gamer groups that had right. come in... But like a family with yeah. kids and stuff. Uh, Apparently, they start you in handcuffs. Oh wow! And I'm pretty good at getting out of handcuffs. Oh, <laughs> you know, ex girlfriends. Right. Yeah, long long story. Yeah, but those are always fuzzy. It makes. It oh easier. no no no. no, no. <laughs> um. But yeah, that was a blast. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. I, All I, right. I love the escape room. Let's end this. Yes. Oh, what? Uh, no, no, two hours. So uh, I don't need dinner. If, if uh, <laughs> holy shit! If you like to send an email, I just email, saw the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's an hour off. If you like to send an email, you can do so at letters at outlandishpodcast dot com. Are you serious with me? It's yes, nine o'clock. Serious. Are you uh, fucking shitting me? No. Nope. Jesus uh, Christ! That's <laughs> two and a half hours recording. If you'd like to send us an email, you can do so at letter at outlandishpodcast.com. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at w.facebook.com slash outlandishpodcast. You can follow us on Twitter at outlandishcash. You can follow me at outlandishmat. You can follow Justin at outlandishbeats. You can follow Eric at bellsauce. And you can follow Jeremy at outlandishjer. Uh, please make sure that you do send those emails to letter at outlandishpodcast.com, letting us know how much you hate Gen Con and hope we never come back to record such a horrible episode. <laughs> I will say, especially seeing how long we went, we need to set a timer next year. 
and probably not go into so much detail about everything. Well, I mean, people play. can always stop listening. No, I'm just saying that I wish we hadn't recorded so long because <laughs> I want to do some more. I wanted to do some more gaming. Oh, okay. I really wanted to get something to eat. So. Yeah, that too. My yeah, like I started to notice how long we were going as my hunger grew. Ah. <laughs> I'm pretty tired too, so. Okay, well, let's end this fucking podcast. All right, podcast. well, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening to episode 344 of LA Podcast. Bye. Goodbye. Adios. Right, there you go. Say, thank you for listening to Outlandish. Thank you for listening. Good enough.